0: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Hey, what's up? This is Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Keep It A Strong
1: Style. on today's show, we'll review Fighting Spirit Unleashed nights two through six of Super Junior Tag League. We'll also preview Power Struggle and cover all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Please support our show by subscribing and following the Social Suplex Podcast Network or keeping a strong style on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the network's podcasts over at socialsuplex.com. Check out our Prestling Tea store, Prestling slash Social Suplex. That's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong style t shirt. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider making a one time or monthly donation by visiting Social slash donate and clicking on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong style logo. This episode is brought to you by the NJPWEXT, the only browser extension. For njpwworld.com, frequently updated and features like dark mode, improved translations and layouts, custom and share playlists, synchronized viewing parties, and much, much more. It takes njpw world to the next level. You can visit njpwext.us today for details. Young boy, welcome back to the show, man. I am here.
0: And as I've learned in my absence, the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling never stops.
1: (laughs) Uh, That that is very true. I I know uh, Court likes to say that about uh, MLW, but it's definitely true uh, when it comes to New Japan.
0: So we're reviewing nights two through six of the super Grade tag league. (laughs) Yeah,
1: the uh, the super uh, junior tag league. Yep. All right. How
0: many more nights are there?
1: There are three more nights of tournament action left.
0: I undershot my return. I should have come back next week when it was concluded. Essentially,
1: yeah, that would have been the smart move. Come back, power struggle. You know, uh, John Moxley in action. Uh, some big matches. Will and Shooter come back? Just review that show. Easy living. And I'm
0: not. Even, I'm not even like you know talking bad on. Um, the tag league or anything like that, because I'm sure it's probably been good. Uh, it just would have been less, it'll be easier for me to get back in the swing of things. If I just completely nixed the entire tour, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, no, in all seriousness, I haven't seen any of this. I haven't watched new Japan Pro wrestling since, uh, before evil. And, um, Sonata locked it up for the world title.
1: Yeah, that, that was a good place to stop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, ha- had a vacation, came back, and I mean, you know, uh, unfortunately I'm not Jeremy Donovan. I wasn't able to catch back up into the swing of things <laughs> the way that you did when you power- powered through the, the end of the G1. So, uh, yeah, had a lot of stuff going on. Um, you know, won't get into all of it, but Essentially, I'm coming in blind, which, you know, I think after, what is this, our sixth year doing this show?
1: Yeah, this is uh, episode 309.
0: You know, after six years, I think I've earned the ability to, uh, you know, skip a little tour.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, this uh, Junior Tag League tour, it's uh, been fast, furious. It's Yeah, it's going to be over uh, come this weekend with the Power Struggle show. The finals will be... On that show, so yeah, really fast tour here What do they win? Uh They get the Some trophies and they shot At Wrestle Kingdom against the uh, Junior Champions, if the Champions uh Don't win Cool <laughs> <laughs> You know what
0: uh, the, the next question I'm thinking is Who the fuck are the Champions? It's uh It's Bull Club War Dogs,
1: right? Yeah, my dogs for real
0: but I'm just taking a shot in the dark. I wasn't totally sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, big Drilla Maloney and uh, Clark Connors. they've been doing great work in the tournament.
0: Did you ever watch um uh, Game of Thrones? I did not know. All right. then well, this is less effective. there's there was a kid like I saw a photo of Drilla Maloney, and there's been somebody that he always like reminded me of. And it, I realized who it was. It, it's this character from um, Game of Thrones, but it's not going to be effective if you don't know who the character is. Mm.
1: Maybe uh, our listeners would will get, will get the joke. And I, I, let me see.
0: I'll figure out who it is and I'll get back to you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, uh, before we jump into Super Junior Tag League, I wanted to talk about uh, NJPW Fighting Spirit Unleashed, which happened this past Saturday, October 28th from Sam's Town Live, Las Vegas, Nevada. The show was live on Fight TV for English commentary and then Japanese commentary over at njpwworld.com. We had the debut of Walker Stewart doing English commentary on the show. He was in the booth with Veda Scott. Um, So, we had a nice little show here. Uh, We had two pre-show matches. So, they're doing this new uh, gimmick now called the Strong Survivor Match. Where these are standouts from the NJPW Academy and... What it sounds like is whoever wins goes on to the next U.S. show and almost, like, defends their spot. So you kind of keep going until, like, somebody beats you, and then that person moves on. Um, hmm. so, so that's a good thing they're doing here to try and showcase some of these Academy students. So we had uh, Matt Vandergriff defeating Buck Skinner in the the opening match there in Strong Survivor. Uh, he won with a, Matt won with a 450 Uh and these were, was this actually part of the broadcast? This was the pre-show, so this was on uh, free on YouTube.
0: Okay, but I mean, like, you could watch it. Did you watch that pre-show? I, I did, yeah. Okay, real quick, before we get back to that, I found the character. So, some people are going to think I'm crazy, but I'm just going to challenge you. Go find a photo of this character. His name is Robin Aaron. Let me show you a photo of this character,
1: Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, could, I, could, I could see it. I could also- it's
0: like... Now, when that character first started in the show, he's like a snot-nosed kid. And then everyone was always talking about how at the end of the show he had this big glow-up. I think that uh, Drill Maloney is like the final evolved form of Robin Aaron, essentially.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I could definitely see it. The, that picture you showed me kind of looks like TJP a little bit. A little bit, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, getting back to this, though, so what did you think of Matt Vandegrift and Buck Skinner? And Does this make you want to watch the uh, L.A. showcases at all? <laughs>
1: I mean, I thought they were fine. They had five minutes, um, kind of in there, out there. Uh, Matt Vandergrift, he did look good. He uh, did a running shooting star press, did a finish with the 450, got the win. So he's doing flips. That's a win for me. Uh, but it, I mean, it was fine. I mean, I, I would like to see maybe a little bit longer, see what they can do in a, a longer match setting. Uh, but for what it was here, it, it was fun. Mm, that
0: doesn't sound too inspiring.
1: <laughs> Uh, then after that, we had uh, a six-man tag, Team Filthy, Danny Limelight, Jarrell Nelson, and Royce Isaacs. They defeated the team of Balian Aki, Jacob Austin Young, and Titus Alexander. Six minutes and 54 seconds.
0: Balian Aki of Chaco Profame.
1: This <laughs> <laughs> was actually my uh, first time seeing him in action.
0: Oh, you never, you didn't watch him wrestle uh, Minoru Suzuki on the chocolate mat?
1: No, I did not. <laughs> no, I did. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he was pretty good. Um, Jacob Austin Young, we've seen on the weekly strong TV shows before that show ended. Tyus Alexander, he had the match with Will Ospreay. So, three kind of really good independent talents here. But essentially, this was a, a showcase for Team Filthy, first time for a wild day in Limelight. Being back with those guys as well. Uh, but West Coast Wrecking Crew, they picked up the win and uh, built some momentum for what was going to happen later on in the night. So then from there, we opened up with the main card. We had a four-way match to determine the number one contender for the NJPW, NJPW Strong Openweight Championship. And my man, Satoshi Kojima, defeats Alex Coglin, Fred Rosser, and Jeff Cobb. Nine minutes and 51 seconds to become the next challenger for the strong open way title. Who they job Coglin? Uh, yeah, no, it was a uh, Rosser. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I was uh very surprised Kojima won here. I thought that they were gonna go either Rosser or Cobb, you know, Rosser being the only former strong champion in the match, and also Jeff Cobb being the most established. You know pushed main roster guy But yeah out of nowhere Kojima hits the strongest arm Larry on Rosser to get the pin and Win the four way Nice Then uh after that we had a uh, CMLL women's tag Team match Stephanie Vakir And Zeusis defeated Johnny Robbie and Yuvia And 7 minutes and 40 seconds uh, Vakir and Zeusis they are the CMLL uh, women's Tag Team Champions, Vakur is the CMLL Women's World Champion uh, Fun match here, essentially a uh, showcase match for uh, Vakur and Zeus uh, Vakur gets the win with a uh, tilt to roll backbreaker over the knee And after the match, she uh, shows off her title, she gets on the mic And she calls out Mayu Iwatani for Lone Star Shootout coming up November 10th
0: yeah, I see between this match and the other women's match on the card, twenty minutes of match time. That's a uh, that's a hefty chunk of the show, don't you <laughs> think, there, Rock? Uh,
1: <laughs> well, if he's gonna bring in a uh, women like this, I'm totally fine with it. Uh, Vakur, she impressed a lot with the uh, the Monet match earlier this year. Yeah.
0: Yeah, she's a she's sort of, um, you know, to those in the know, they they've seen her and they're, they've been exposed and they know that she's a talented commodity. But I still feel like she's a little bit of an unknown um, that's like pretty much ready to break out on the international scene. So good for her. Um, one good thing here, the, the stopwatch crowd, they're not going to be complaining about,
1: you know, The fighting spirit unleashed. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You got uh, plenty uh, of women's action here. Um, So good stuff. Vacare going to challenge Mayu Iwatani. That should be um, a pretty fun matchup. Then uh, after that, we had of the Bullet Club War Dogs, Gabe Kidd defeating Filthy Tom Lawler, 12 minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, This match was awesome. This was hard-hitting. Strong style. These guys throwing blows, suplexes. It was a great suplex exchange in the the middle of the match, exchanging uh, back suplexes. Uh, Gabe Kid did the uh, Claudio Giant Swing. That was a cool. So yeah, these guys it, very hard hitting, uh, really going at each other. Um, Gabe Kid he uh, uses a uh, a ref bump. Well, guess kind of ref out of position to uh, hit a low blow. And then he hits uh, Tom Lawler with some championship that he stole from some indie and uh, got the Then he hit his pal driver and he got the pin. So some nice some heat there for Gabe Kidd as he's going to be facing uh, Will Ospreay next month in Rev Pro. So he's picking up some momentum and uh, poor filthy Tom here cheated out of a match. Uh, Then after that, we had an interview backstage with who who is going to be challenging Julia later on. Gave a little promo there. And then it moved on to Atlantis' 40th anniversary match. So we had Hiroshi Tanahashi teaming up with Atlantis and Atlantis Jr. and Mystico to defeat Adrian Kress, Rocky Romero, Soberano Jr., and Tiger Mask 10 minutes and 20 seconds.
0: That sounds like the time when Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage, Sting, and Lex Luger teamed up for War Games.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty uh, all-star, you know, face team here uh, that came out. They gave uh, Atlantis flowers to honor his 40 year anniversary. Our good friend Rocky did not like this. His team they jumped the faces. They beat up Atlantis with the with the flowers. There's rose petals oh, all whoa. over the ring. <laughs>
0: Hey, Faye Brock, this is different. This is not CMLL. What are we doing? You know, your baby face over here. Chaos.
1: No, he he saw a mask. He, he didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Rose petals all over the ring for the whole match. Yeah. Beat these guys with the rose petal and essentially the beginning part of the match where, where the heels, well, I guess kind of heels because I mean Silverano, Tiger Mask and uh, Adrian Quest, I feel like kind of mainly faces, but for this match, they were they were the heels in this match, and they were, they were getting the heat on Atlantis and Atlantis Junior and Mystico. But then eventually the the baby faces came back, and it was kind of a house of fire, and just really ran through the heels. There's a lot of miscommunication between Rocky Romero and Soberano so I'm wondering if that's going to set up a match between those two guys at CMLL. And so ultimately, yeah, the baby faces just couldn't, or the heels couldn't get their act together, and the uh, faces got the win here. And so nice little celebration for. Um, Atlantis uh, for his 40th anniversary, and it was also uh, Rocky's birthday. So he was also not happy that yeah, all the focus was, was on Atlantis's uh, anniversary match and not his birthday. <laughs> uh, then after that, we had a we, we did have a question. There. Oh, yep, almost missed that. Yeah, so Oscar Rooney says, is Rocky making a case this whole year as a challenger for the junior belt? I think that's a very interesting question because. Um, even,
0: you know, a few months ago, just before the G1, we'd had Rocky on the show and interviewed him. Uh, if you haven't checked that out, highly recommended episode 300. And even back then, you know, Rocky was definitely making headway in this run that he's, uh, you know, in the, in the midst of in Mexico. But even then with all the cool stuff he's been doing, it didn't necessarily feel like this is going to translate to anything to establish him in the kayfabe of new Japan necessarily. But, you know, with the kind of crossover with CMLL and AEW and kind of getting that on the national like stage. And then um, sort of just a lot more high profile stuff happening in the, in the West with like impact ring of honor and AEW and that all kind of being translated based on his boost from CMLL. I do think that there could hypothetically be, uh, if New Japan's booking, you know, was smart about it, they could use this as a way to catapult him into, you know, uh, like a junior title run—the the run that he's been wanting and that he's never been able to have. And you know, part of part of the handicap for why that's never been established is because you know, there's a there's a normal trajectory of how that would happen within the confines of new Japan pro wrestling, whether that's like winning a uh, best of super juniors or going on a, a, a massive run some other time of the year. And it, the stars have just never kind of aligned for Rocky and in, in the past, you know, like decade. But now that he's kind of found this acclaim on the outside, it feels like that might be a wave that he could, he could ride to potentially become a title challenger. Uh, my only question is whether the domestic crowd Is aware of this or if it even You know um, if New Japan needs To do a bit of promoting about what he What his activities outside of the company are Right now
1: yeah definitely I think there could be uh, more Promoting of what Rocky is doing He won the the MLW Middleweight championship so he now Has two titles so I think there's a lot You could do to really elevate Him and potentially challenge Hiromu Um, So yeah I definitely think Rocky Should be a challenger in the near future
0: yeah, it feels like that. It feels like that would be a really smart thing to do, especially with how mid this uh, type
1: of title <laughs> is doing right now. Yeah. Uh, so uh, after that matchup, we had a uh, cinematic video of uh, a man drinking at a bar, throwing darts at a picture of Toriano. Mox. <laughs> no, unfortunately, it was not a uh, John Moxley. It was a uh, Joey Janela. He's coming to uh, New Japan in Texas. Lone Star Shootout, him versus Toriano. Josh, what are your thoughts on the, the bad boy coming to Shinny Han?
0: I don't know. It's fine. We've got, uh, you know, women wrestling on the show. So, I mean, there's no <laughs> sanctity in this company anymore. So, <laughs> no one's playing. But, you know, they got Bruce Skinner and Vandegrift. You know, they can't be you Know any worse than Joy Janella? So, <laughs> listen, I'm fine with it. Um, do I think Joy Janela should be pushed as a major commodity? May- maybe not, possibly. Maybe it gets over in-, in Japan. I don't know, but uh, if they ever bring him over, but a- as long as it's not, um, uh, Sammy Callahan, like I'm good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I-, I get, I know I've seen some people kind of. Throwing backlash about Joey coming into New Japan. Well, first of all, it's New Japan of America. Uh, Yeah. And I I think for the America shows, I mean, you got to do stuff that draws. And like it or not, Joey Janela has been draws for independent shows, GCW. Uh, You know, his AEW run kind of helped elevate his name. So, you know, people know who he is. I feel like he is uh, an attraction. You can throw him in a a wild kind of garbage match, hardcore plunder match. He's going to do something crazy that's going to go viral. So I think he's a guy that, for this America brand, you could use to help draw. Yeah,
0: and I mean, there's a reason that they've got him in there with uh, Toriano specifically, you know?
1: Yeah. So it's it's either going to be like a comedy match or maybe we get like Deathmatch Yano with the red hair and they do something kind of crazy plunder brawl. It will be
0: fun. It's nothing, you know, to get up in arms about. At least that's my opinion.
1: Yeah. Now, if he, uh, you know, ends up in the G one over like Filthy Tom, maybe we'll have some problems then.
0: <laughs> yeah, that'd be a different story. Well, but, but unless like he starts like, remember when he was at, at the tail end of that uh, WWN run and he started wrestling good?
1: Oh yeah, he had some good matches, like an evolve there as a champion.
0: That's what I meant. Yeah, when he, yeah, when he was involved as the WWE champion, like if he starts wrestling like that again, maybe then maybe we could talk.
1: Yeah. So uh, after that, we had the NJPW Strong Women's Championship match. Julia defeated Hyan twelve minutes and three seconds. Hyan, a uh, student of uh, Booker T there from the Reality uh, Wrestling School, uh, thought it was a good back and forth matchup, kind of three and a half range there for me. Julia hits the Northern Lights bomb to get the win. Uh, I thought
0: high-end was a Joshi.
1: <laughs> I had
0: no clue who this person was. You know, I didn't know at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she's kind of uh, one of the top women now in the independent scenes, uh, former trainer of, uh, like I said, trained by Booker T. She called out Julia at the last Stardom Show after uh, Julia had defended the strong title. Um, mm. So that's how this match got set up. Uh, we had a question from Solid, Solid Deuce says, Casuals who watch with me are often confused about the abundance of titles and the meanings of each. Julia's pink belt last night is one example. Do you think all these titles are needed? If not, what would you cut?
0: Well, the, the pink title is a stardom title, so that's not necessarily part of the the hierarchy of New Japan Pro Wrestling's titles, though
1: there there definitely is. Well, well he's talking about the the strong women's title. Oh, is that title pink? Yeah, man i I thought it was like a, a like a light blue, purplish. It's like a pinkish, purplish kind of color. I guess depending maybe how your uh, TVs adjusted, uh, but I think that's the, the title he was talking about.
0: Okay, gotcha. Well, I mean, obviously we we've, we've talked in the past about you know why are there two women's titles, and uh, you know there's a a lot of discourse about that. We talked to Rocky about it. Uh, you know, going back to that aforementioned. Uh, interview, and yeah, if it were me, I would probably say at this point in time, merge those two titles, especially since you know, I, I make jokes about women in New Japan, but that's just because they, they didn't have women's wrestling for so many years, but in all seriousness, if, if they are going to have a women's division, um, I don't see the necessity to have two women's titles. I, I understand one's for strong and then one is the IWGP, but The original pitch of what the IWGP title was even supposed to be, it was supposed to be a cross-branded title between New Japan and Stardom, and it would be defended on major shows for both companies. And that's not really happening so much. At this point, it seems like it's not going to be defended on New Japan shows uh, hardly at all. And then the other aspect of the deal was that it would be featured heavily in North America, And I don't know if the strong brand, even though they're having some success, has been able to kind of ultimately at the end of the day, it seems like they're the third man to the other two when it comes to booking talent. And it's like, you know, you could imagine the headache that it probably is for Rocky to try to get like Rossi and Ghetto on the same (laughs) page when it comes to like arranging like who he can get when he can get them so probably the reason there's two women's titles right now is just because it's like i'll take who i can get when i can get them we want them to have a belt but realistically neither of these titles are being defended regularly in new japan not even on the big shows and this year for wrestle kingdom there's not even going to be a <laughs> <at> wrestle kingdom <laughs> so yeah i think it is a little um pointless to have both belts it might be a good idea to just have one champion but at the same time it's these both got introduced in the past calendar year so uh I don't know it's like almost like such short notice to uh think about unifying two titles like they probably just shouldn't have done a strong title
1: yeah I mean, yeah we've talked about this several times in the show and I feel like overall the strong brand like Going away from the weekly TV to what's supposed to be kind of like these monthly pay-per-view things, I don't really feel like they needed to keep a lot of the strong branding and titles. Like, I feel like the draw should just be New Japan is coming to America. You bring your U.S. title over, you bring your heavyweight tag titles, your junior tag titles, you bring all the belts that people know and familiar with to your U.S. show and not create these strong titles, strong tag titles, women's titles.
0: Well, the problem with that, Jeremy, is we were assuming based on the the verbiage at the time was like less quantity, more quality, that these shows were going to be bigger venues, higher level production and more Japanese, you know, domestic level stars. And there are there is some of that here. I mean, this is not a horrendous show by any means, but by and large, we have seen that these are not like the full New Japan experience. They are uniquely New Japan strong. And for better or for worse, I think in the long run, it's been better for them to just keep their strong branded titles because it's very clear that New Japan, like, proper, doesn't have the intentions to send over their strong and, or their, uh, their, like, never champion and the U.S. champion and, you know, tag champs on a regular basis. Like, that's just not in the cards for them.
1: Right. And plus, a lot of times these shows are happening when there are tours happening. Uh, right and I get we are on a a junior heavy tour in Japan right now but there's there's still some heavyweights on the undercard um so not everybody was available to be sent over for this uh big show you have uh you know Lone Star Shootout coming out pretty soon so they're kind of doing these shows like in the middle of tours right at the end of tours where guys are burnt out and you you can't send a ton of people over um yeah I think where some of the confusion is like I see the point of
0: having the strong titles but it becomes overkill when you're watching new Japan proper. And then you have the strong champions on there. Plus all the other belts, which let's be real. There's a lot of different titles in new Japan as well. Um, You know? So, I mean, even beyond just the, the question of the two women's titles, I mean, there's three tag team championships. There's the never six man. There's the KOPW. There's the TV title, you know, the U S there's a lot of belts,
1: yeah and then you mentioned too when you, when you bring in somebody like julia who holds um the stardom uh six win the trios championship I can that,
0: that's what i thought he was referring to when he said yeah. the pink belt i thought because you know those trios belts are all different colors yeah
1: maybe he was talking about that one too Um well i didn't watch the
0: show i just assumed she had one of the pink you know stardom belts
1: yeah i, fr- I wasn't paying to the stardom belt but she definitely obviously she had the strong women's title and she did have one of the stardom belts but i didn't remember what color it was uh oh, okay but yeah, when you have yeah, outsiders coming in, yeah, like Stephanie Recurs, you had both her CMLL titles, uh, which I mean, I'm fine with outsiders bringing their company's titles. But then I think for yeah, a casual fan, it can be kind of confusing on what all the titles are.
0: Yeah, and it can be confusing, too, if you're you're watching on uh, the
1: Japanese feed. So, you know, you should probably pony up and pay Fight TV for that English commentary. <laughs> yeah, Walker Stewart, man. He did a, a pretty good job. I was pretty impressed. Uh, with his commentary, he kind of has a uh, Ian Rickabani vibe to him, uh, kind of that professional, kind of you know, broadcastery news voice. Should have uh, called us. <laughs> uh, that that we have professional sounding voices. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could do a commentate a whole show. That, be... I could commentate a wrestling show. <laughs> that's, that's nothing, you
0: know.
1: <laughs> I nice. would suck. Uh, yeah, but I thought, yeah, Walker and, and they, they were a good team. I thought Walker did really good um, on the call. So, yeah, he was good. So, yeah, check out the English commentary for this if you haven't. Um, Then, following that matchup, we had the uh, NJPW Strong tag team titles on the lines. The Gorillas of Destiny, El Fantasmo, and Hikaleo defeated Monster Sauce, Alex Zane, and Lance Archer, 9 minutes and 25 seconds. Yeah, a couple tours back, we're sitting here being like Monster Sauce, bring back Monster Sauce.
0: This is going to be an incredible tag team. <laughs> they got them jobbing to to GOD, the fa- the GOD 2.0.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did put on commentary. Yeah, this was uh, Monster Sauce is only their their second match teaming together. Um they're getting a tag team title shot and you know, they're already making claims to want to be in World Tag League, which I'd be fine with um, they have uh, new music for Monster Sauce team logo. They're both nice. both wearing the red and black type of colors. Um, so I think they could do something with Monster Sauce. I, w- I would welcome them to World Tag League.
0: They both got to do something. AEW's not pushing Archer. New Japan's barely using Zane. They need an avenue. And, you know, uh, Archer is no uh, stranger to basically being like, I don't have an avenue. We're going to fuck shit up in a tag team.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: uh, you do, know what else I love about God. Remember in the '90s, anytime like Vince brought in a, a team, and he would just call them the new,
1: yeah, <laughs> the yeah, new rockers, is,
0: <laughs> yeah, the new rockers, the new, uh, you know, what what were some? There was some other ones I can't remember. Uh, them,
1: new Midnight ones. Express, yeah, the New Midnight Express, and the New Blackjacks. Like this is the new God. L O D two thousand.
0: <laughs> that was the same guys
1: <laughs> With just
0: different gear
1: Oh man so yeah uh, Girls of destiny here This was a good back and forth matchup Also you had um, Zayn and Phantasmo As the faster paced high flyers On the team and uh, then the big man Hikaleo and Archer There was a cool spot where both Archer And Fantasmo did their their, woke, their Rope walk spot at the same time And went face to face And uh, did a spot there that was pretty cool uh, but ultimately, at the end, uh, it was ELP hitting the uh, Thunder Kiss uh, 86 on Alex Zane to get the win here. So God retains. And then post match, we had uh, Nelson and Isaac's West Coast Rican crew. They came out and attacked Fantasma. When Hicaleo got on the mic and said they are tired of these thrown together tag teams uh, being featured on Strong. They built the division. They've never been Strong champions. So they're, they're calling out uh, G.O.D. for Lone Star Shootout.
0: I hope they win because, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, if those guys fail at winning these titles again, like, I don't know, bro. Like, maybe somebody else should sign them or something. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like I felt like the whole reason they made strong titles were for West Coast Wrecking Crew and then also that they went with Aussie Open. Uh, instead, uh, and now these guys have just kind of been lingering around, they haven't won the titles yet. You know, yeah, you know, they threw it here on ELP and Phantasmo. Uh, the War Dogs are the champions before of of them, so yeah. Hopefully, a uh, Come lone star shootout they can uh, finally capture these strong uh, tag team titles. Then, uh, after that, we have the NJPW strong openweight title on the line Eddie Kingston defeats Hanare. 12 minutes and 42 seconds uh, This was a another good Very hard hitting matchup here Lots of great uh, T-bone Suplexes were thrown as a match Both these guys were dropping each other on their head with T-bone Suplexes uh, Lots of great near falls Eddie had a, a great uh, spinning back fist uh, Near fall where he collapsed on Hanare Hanare was able to uh, kick out uh, They exchanged some more suplexes Eddie once again hits uh, Two spinning back fists Back fists and uh, gets the win there And retains the title And then after that, Satoshi Kojima Gets in the ring, he says, congratulations Mr. Eddie Kingston, you are very Strong, but I love bread <laughs> uh, Okay <laughs> <laughs> Then he says, next time Dallas, Texas, I will kick Your ass <laughs> And, uh, and Eddie uh, said, alright, I'll see you In Texas, so crowd popped Big for that, so it's official Red clubs, Toshi Kojima coming to Texas to take on Eddie Kingston.
0: All right, since we're on the subject, let me ask you. Eddie Kingston is the dual champion. He's got the ROH title as well as the New Japan strong openweight title. I'm guessing that he's probably not gonna be allowed to do any real jobs as the strong champion until he drops that ROH title. Would Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. So, I mean, like, what are we looking at here? Like, what's the timetable <laughs> on this whole thing?
1: I don't know. I mean, we got uh, the next ROH peer review is coming up uh, December 13th, 16th, somewhere in that range, final battle. So, I'm assuming he will defend the title on that show. Maybe he drops the ROH title there, and then uh, maybe he can drop a strong title after that, maybe. I mean, does it matter to you that, that, you know,
0: he's kind of, like, hamstrung for the time being and just has to remain champion or...
1: Uh, I think I'm fine with it because it's a strong title Um, You know, there hasn't been frequent strong shows uh, As as much as previous years And again, very similar to Joey Janelle in a way But probably even a better case of Eddie Kingston's a big draw, big pop You know, he's a very popular guy Anytime he's on these New Japan shows He's getting one of the loudest pops So I think he's a great guy to help attract Especially, you know, your AEW fan Or your casual US wrestling fan uh, To a New Japan show
0: yeah, I remember John Moxley held the uh, the GCW World Title concurrently with the World Title, I believe. Um, but the difference there was like he wasn't allowed to drop the GCW title till after he lost the AEW title, and then they never they never had him bringing the or acknowledged that he was GCW champion on AEW television, but. He brings out that strong title pretty, pretty often on AEW. So, you know, I I don't, I mean, unless they found a a workaround, maybe like a multi-man match where he doesn't take the pinfall, they could maybe have him drop it that way if needed, but it does sort of feel like the title will be, you know, held up until he, you know, loses the ROH belt.
1: Yeah. And also, I feel like he's a big enough star where they might even want to do something at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, With him and a strong title, so potentially you could do something there. Maybe by then he loses the ROH belt, and then he could do a a cool match at the the Tokyo Dome. I almost feel like there's more cachet in defending the ROH title,
0: like maybe as a dual thing, or I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, we've obviously seen the ROH title uh, in past years uh, defending at the Tokyo Dome. So yeah, he could do a uh, double title match. So uh, after that matchup We had the team of Sonata and Yuya Yuamura Of just five guys They went to a 20 minute time limit Draw with Hiromu Takahashi And Tetsuya Naito
0: Yuomura the guy from Impact
1: <laughs> Yeah the uh, Joe Hendry's uh, tag team partner Yeah What What?
0: what? What's he
1: <laughs> in here? Uh, yeah since you've been gone yeah. Uh, the heat storm Yu-Yomura, he's back from excursion. He's the the fifth man in just five guys.
0: I don't know if you heard, uh, but they said
1: that that nickname Heat
0: Storm is literally coined to be the opposite of Cold Skull.
1: Hmm, interesting. No, I didn't catch that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, there there has been some interactions between Sonata and Yamora. Clearly, Yu-Yomura wants to to be you know the world's champion. Um, it's almost, it kind of reminds me of a, a Jay White in Chaos kind of situation. Maybe not as, like, heel- heelish as that, but Umar he wants to wrestle all the guys and just five guys. Um, he has clear intentions to want to be world champion. Very similar to Jay, kind of wanting interfaction matches and, and was gunning for Okada at the time. So kind of interesting uh, alignment there.
0: Well, I mean, that's not that far off from what we saw with uh Suji when he first arrived in LIJ, and there seems not that there's inner turmoil, but there's definitely a competitive drive uh, between him and Naito and, and Shingo as to, like, who is the top dog in that in that group.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, these guys, they wrestled here to a, a 20-minute draw. Also, this is a preview match for the Tokyo Dome. Sonata's going to be defending... The Title against Tetsuya Naito. Um, I, I thought it was fine. Um, we had t shirt Naito here. <laughs> no, <it was> fine. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm not super excited about Naito, it's not at the Tokyo Dome. Um, uh, yeah, t shirt Naito it was like you know, almost like a house show kind of style tag team match. I mean, Yuya looked was probably the one who looked the best uh, out of these uh four guys and. Uh, you I know, mean, I'm,
0: I'm looking at cage match. It looks like this is a three and a quarter special.
1: It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and 20 minutes of it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, it, I, I could have done without this match. Uh, but also, you, you want to get your uh, LIJ representation. Nighthills a huge star. Uh, you you want to build excitement for the Tokyo Dome. But I don't really think this match accomplished that. Hmm. And we had a question from uh, Triangle 720 He says, with the recent preview matches between Sonata and Nitil, does it feel like there's a holding pattern with no new development in the story?
0: As somebody who's watched all of them and is an authority on the feud, I will say yes, you're correct.
1: <laughs> well, uh, it's pretty much been what happened here. These guys have been wrestling in uh, a lot of tag title draws on, on tours. Um, they had one last week on the, the Power Struggle or Power Struggle Tour. Um. So essentially, there really hasn't been anybody getting the advantage over anybody. They did have the match at um. There was a tag match at Royal Quest Three where uh, Naito's team won, and post match, you know, Naito threw Snod out like he was a jobber out of the ring. Um. So yeah, they're just not doing a ton right now to really amp this up. Um. Like I was saying, I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago. I feel like they, they, they should really try to make this a, a more personal. Uh, you know, heat filled rivalry, but instead it's kind of the goofy Nito has a tote bag, Sonata's not showing any fire. Um, yeah. You made it sound worse now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Bro, it's a good thing we don't work for the company. Could you imagine trying to hype this shit up? Like, you know. <laughs>
1: Ugh. I mean if, if uh Barney wants to cut a check, I'll 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 change my tune real quick. <laughs> uh so you
0: don't understand the deep ties between Sonata and
1: Naito, It's pareja. <laughs> <laughs> uh yes, yeah, lots lots of lore there uh between these guys. Um but yeah. They're they're not doing a ton of these uh you know preview matches and man, we still got some time till January. Sonata's not defending the title of Power Struggle. It's going to be a preview mania of tag matches for these guys until January. Do you remember last year when the main event was Okada and Jay White? And we were like,
0: damn, Jay White's nowhere to be seen. This sucks. They should be building this up. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. This year, it's going to feel like, damn, they're doing a lot of Sonata and So They should probably <laughs> calm the
1: fuck down. Sonata should probably just take, you know. November, December off. off. (laughs) Did you, um, do you, did
0: you ever hear about when Ronnie Garvin, um, was the champion and he beat Ric Flair?
1: Uh, I think I've heard Dave talking about that.
0: So basically long story short, Ronnie Garvin was a very popular upper mid Carter that they did a impromptu title switch and had him win the belt from Flair before Starrcade. And like the fans rejected it like wholeheartedly like they did not they saw this guy as a really good chaser but they did not see him as like a uh like an actual championship material and like the reactions were so bad to him as a baby face and like and everything that they took him off the tour like the entire like last month and a half damn before (laughs) before he went to chicago and dropped the belt back to uh to Flair at starcade like maybe they should just go that route with sonata you know what i mean like you know take a break you know, rest up, and maybe they should just have them like do training videos, like their Brett and Shawn before WrestleMania okay. twelve. That's all we need to see. We don't need to see them wrestle. You know,
1: right? Yeah, just get footage of the Lij Dojo, the uh, Just Five Guys Dojo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just just have Sonado do a you know two month media tour uh, around, <laughs> around the world.
0: He's better at that than he is at you know other stuff. So yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so uh Hiromu is also also the uh the DDT Iron Man twenty four seven champion. So um after this match, uh Dane Limelight ran out on the stage to try and pin Hiromu. He had his own ref, uh got some near falls, but Hiromu uh scrambled off uh to the backstage where, where I believe he lost the title to an iPhone uh fifteen. 14. 14.
0: <laughs> yeah. And yeah, he got beat by a phone. That's yeah. that's that's um you know that's like top notch from Ghetto. He's like, all right, well, if is gonna lose it. It's not gonna beat any of your you know your fucking crusty ass wrestlers. I'll let <laughs> him lose to a phone.
1: Yeah, Hiromu should have uh, got some tips from Abushi. Remember when he was uh, out here moon salting on phones? <laughs> no, <laughs> you don't remember that? Like he would, like t- that is it's uh, a <laughs> phone up on the crowd on the ground? Like do the moonsault on onto the the phone? No. I don't remember that? <laughs> yeah, I forgot which match it was, but like he was like training and coming back, and then he, uh, yeah, he was had the the phone in his ring.
0: <laughs> Yo, real quick, since you know he's here, this man fucking Hiromu. Since Best of the Super Juniors has worked Tradition, he's worked Noah, he's worked All Japan, he's worked fucking Ring of Honor, Dragon Gate, Glate, Freedom, CMLL. Um, like literally everywhere, bro, like Michinoku pro DDT, this dude has been all over. And some of these matches he's had on paper are dream matches, you know, you know, junior fight Hayato and, um, you know, uh, fucking Yamato and different people like that. He, he wrestled Mystico and, you know, you'd be looking at it and thinking like, damn, this dude, you know, during the G1, he didn't take any time off. He got out there and was about it except for all these matches fucking suck. They're all three-star specials. What the fuck is Hiromu
1: doing? <laughs> He's mailing it in, man.
0: Like, yeah, I don't get it. Like, if you're going to go and wrestle Mystico and Rising Hayato and all that shit, like, why isn't he having good matches? And why isn't he defending the title? He's at, like, six defenses, and it's been a year. Bro should have been, like, defending this shit.
1: I was, like a little shocked like at the three-way with him uh yo and speedball and charlton's like yeah this is sixth defense or whatever i was like what <laughs> <He's->
0: <laughs> and, and by all accounts that match wasn't anything that you'd expect it to be either so like it's so crazy because by the time the g or uh super juniors was over it felt like uh haroma was like a wrestler of your candidate and it feels like the drop-off and the apathy has like it's a stark drop off since May,
1: yeah, um, I feel like yeah, he had he had his uh super juniors, and he's like, all right, i am good for the rest of the year, I'm just gonna go out go around in Japan, have some gentlemen threes I'll throw uh, some junior festival festivals in Japan and America, just have some fun matchups, and that's what he's been doing
0: that's what i'm wondering like if if him working all these other places are like the make good for letting these companies be part of the uh the junior festival like you know you send your guys to us for the festival and then haroma will come work a show for you guys
1: yeah but, and maybe that's the case yeah
0: but i mean like he's he's you know at he's topping out at three and a half which is okay i guess but it's like you know you're working some of the top aces and and top names of all these different companies around the world you would think that he'd be going out there and putting on bangers and we'd be talking about all these excursion of the match contenders this dude bro none of these matches are getting nominated period like they're not up there
1: no yeah um so yeah so then uh, that took us to the main event of the show it was for the never open weight title the dragon, Shingo Takagi, defeats Tamatonga to become the new never champion third time for Shingo Takagi.
0: Well, it appears, you know, someone decided that Shingo as champion again is what's best for business. And I can't disagree.
1: Yeah, Takagi time, baby. Um, so this was uh, all playing up from their G1 match. They had 20-minute the time limit draw. In the G1, Shingo challenged Tama uh, after his match at Royal Quest 3. Um, so that's how we got here. And, um, you know, they were questioning, you know, will these guys be able to go past, you know, the time limit? Of course, they had our uh, time limit here. Uh, but very good uh, back and forth. Another uh, hard hitting match on this show. Lots of uh, great near falls. Shingo uh, hit a gun stun of his own. That was uh, pretty cool for uh, a near fall. Um, but yeah, these guys kind of exchanged a lot of their big signature moves And uh, towards the end here, Shingo killed uh with a great pumping bomber He's uh, the Noshigami uh, gory bomb made in Japan Hitting all the big stuff uh, Tama tried to come back with, with Tongan Twist And uh, his, uh, his big implant, implant uh, DT move but uh, Shingo overpowered him and eventually uh, got him up for the uh, last of the Dragon and got the win, and he is the, the new champ. So Tama loses in his first defense. Uh, Shingo, uh, third-time champ. After the match, he gets the mic, cutting a promo saying it's his time. Um, fans chant, you deserve it, and Shingo's asking who's next. He asks anybody in the back to, to come out. Nobody comes out. He says, fine, maybe I'll wait till I go to Japan, Um, but then the lights go out, and a video plays on the Tron, and it is Trent Beretta of AEW. He challenges Shingo for the title at Lone Star Shootout. How do you think he knew? Well, he didn't say any names. He just said, you, me, title, Texas. Now, that was kind of what he said. He never called out Shingo specifically, so had Tama won, he would have. The video was would still would have played, and it would have made sense.
0: Who did he have to pay to get them to play that video? You think, like, you know what I mean? Like, well, I mean,
1: he, he's friends with Rocky. I mean, that's chaos. Best friends. That's who it fucking was. Rocky. <laughs> that Sly Dog. He's like, bro, Trent. Just, just do a, just do a video. Don't say names. I'll get you a towel (laughs) shot. Just play it after the main. You got either get Chingo or Tamla in Texas. It'll it'll be all good.
0: (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, I'm looking on cage match. It looks like this was easily the match of the night. Biggest complaint I see is just the length of the match and maybe maybe some of the slower uh, work in the early portions of the match. But overall, it looks like this was about, what, like a four-star match and probably match of the night?
1: Yeah, like four, four and a quarter. I, I think they definitely could have cut down time a little bit, especially coming after that 20-minute uh, time limit draw. I mean, overall, the show with the pre-show was like four hours. Um, mm. So yeah, I, by this point in, in the show, it's like, all right, like, let, let's wrap this thing up. Um, I think if we had, well, if they had cut like the 20-minute draw with um, Naito and Sonata and maybe like I don't know. Cut the the Atlantis match or another match. Like I feel like this match, this show could have been a little bit shorter. But overall, yeah, Shingo Tamatong, I would say, yeah, was the the match of the night. Uh, great, hard hitting action there. Shingo back as never champ, and we have some questions here. Uh, Rambo and Sam Pig, were you surprised that the never title flipped so quickly? Does Shingo winning that reduce the likelihood of a tag league victory for Suji?
0: Um. I would say, yeah, it probably does, but I don't think it completely eliminates that prospect.
1: Yeah, agree with you. Um, I was supr- a little surprised Shingo won, but, I mean, if, if we sure, if we run the stats, I know the never title is usually a title that flips uh, hands very quickly um, mm-hmm. off the first offense, so that's not so surprising. But, I mean, Tam, I did just win it back. Uh, but, yeah, very happy Shingo won, and, yeah, I agree If you. It does kind of lower the chance of him and Suji. Uh, winning World Tag League. He also asked, it seems that there have been uh, more AEW talents becoming involved in NJPW storylines this fall. Trent, Moxley, Claudio, Danielson, and Kingston are all in the mix. Will this lead to too much outside involvement at Wrestle Kingdom?
0: I don't think so because ultimately, um, you know, the amount of people that are going to be allowed to work uh Wrestle Kingdom is going to be dependent on what. AEW allows for their talents to cross over. And typically January 4th, uh, you know, falls right around the time of one of the biggest, you know, that first big AEW dynamite of the year. And there's a lot of big names that they can't, um, you know, afford to not have on the show. So um, I'm not thinking that I, I do think that there will be some involvement, but I'm not concerned that you're going to see, you know, five or six dudes from AEW, you know, populating the, the show or anything like that.
1: Yeah. And uh January fourth is a Thursday this year. So I mean you have when you have Dynamite the Wednesday before. Like will people be able to get to Japan in time? Maybe you know, I don't think you, a, a bunch of people no. yeah. They, they a bunch of people can't miss dynamite. So yeah, I think we'll get maybe one or two kind of big matchups um and then that'll be it. I agree. Um, we had a similar question here from Death Triangle about Suji and Shingo winning World Tag League. Um, then Les commission 72 by 2 says with Shingo win against, against Tama, same thing here. Do we see Shingo and Suji in Tag League and if they do still win it? If not, would you like the idea of Suji facing Sabre at Wrestle Kingdom for the NJPW World TV belt and wins and Sabre had already defeated Narita and Umino?
0: Yeah, possibly. I mean, I definitely think that they should start thinking about Zack Sabre dropping that title, uh, potentially. And I would like it for, for it to be one of the younger talents in the company, since that was the purpose of an intent of belt to begin with. Um, it'd be fine if it's Suji, obviously I'm a Suji guy. And so if that were, if it were up to me, that's what I would do, especially since it looks like Umino might be busy, but, um, you know, who knows? Maybe hypothetically, maybe you go back to Narita a year later um, where he he first dropped the ball against uh, Sabre. Maybe you run that back and he he finally, you know, beats him.
1: Yeah, and the kind of story that they've been telling on commentary on this Power Struggles tour is uh, Narita's kind of been the odd man out on for, as far as like early big showcase matches and now um, Umino's challenging Osprey again You know, uh, Suji just had the Osprey match And these guys, you know, Suji and Umino are, are having big title matches against big opponents You know, Suji faced Sonata And Narita really hasn't had I mean, the Sabre match is probably The quote-unquote biggest match he's had Since coming back from Excursion Um So yeah, you could have him Kind of get back to Square one there Beat Sabre and then try to catch up to Umino and Suji Uh, Let's see. Next question's here from Def Triangle 720. With the Fighting Spirit Unleashed show finished, did either of you feel like the show just lacked any importance?
0: (laughs) Well, I didn't watch the show, but I can tell you right now, from the outside looking in, the the show looks good on paper. It looks like it was probably pretty entertaining, but with the fact that there were very few, like, blow-away matches and it's a four-hour show and... You know, there are some things that further um, New Japan storylines, but they're all pretty low level aside from what happened in the main event. It doesn't seem to be like something that was can't miss.
1: Yeah, there was not a ton of buzz online for the show. I mean, it was start, It started at a uh, 10 p.m. Eastern time. The show was in Las Vegas, um, smaller building, not a ton of huge matches really advertised. Plus, it, it's Saturday night um a lot of wrestling flan- fans are watching collision kenny versus uh mjf and then plus you, you got college football um it's also the saturday before halloween, halloween. I, yeah
0: you know that i was out <laughs> yeah
1: i was out so I, I didn't watch this show live i watched it the next day so
0: yeah where were you by the way
1: i was uh water street what is that uh, this place uh close by channel side they had this like water uh art installation thing where it made it feel like you were like walking underwater
0: yeah i saw it, it look cool bro how come you never invite me to this shit like <laughs> what
1: the fuck it was just a double date man just just me and the lady or just well, not double date, just a date just me and the lady i
0: was gonna say just you and your wife is not a double
1: date <laughs> uh so yeah just, just yeah, uh, but it could have been a double date it, it could have been yeah uh but, yeah, it's uh, me and the lady doing something, just fun, something fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, next question here. Uh commission, commission 72. Actually, no, another question from Death Triangle says Do you guys think it would be smart for New Japan to cut the US shows down to five big shows or cut the US shows completely and focus on the Japanese market in 2024?
0: It's hard to say because I don't know the inner workings of the business relationship necessarily between new Japan strong uh, and new Japan. I think some of the, the comments that Rocky made during the interview um, on our show was very interesting. It almost seemed and sounded like he was alluding to the idea that new Japan strong is a separate business entity, um, which, which at the time was very, you know, Uh, kind of got my attention. So it's hard to say what new Japan should be doing in this market moving forward. It's, it's hard for me to tell them what the, the keys to success are, but I mean, if it was in a perfect world, you know, I think that if they were able to just run a couple big shows with high level production value and they could draw large crowds, that would be ideal. Something similar, like, remember the Chicago show with the, the four-way where Juice won the title?
1: Yeah, yeah, Capital, I think, or was that Capital Collision?
0: Oh, that was Capital Collision. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of the other one. the uh When Mox wrestled Osprey,
1: Osprey in Chicago. Uh, uh, Windy City Riot. The Windy City Riot.
0: That was a show that had, like, very good production and uh drew pretty well. But I would like to see them in buildings like that as opposed to, like, you know, with these strong shows, like, 800, that's cool, but... You know, I, just for me personally as a fan, I'd be more um, excited to see them do bigger level production shows.
1: Yeah, and I think, too, like, one of the, the cool things about New Japan coming to America was you, you didn't get it very often. There was a, a novelty of, like, oh, man, like, New Japan's coming to America, like, a few times a year. Like, I have to be there or I'm not going to ever, like, see them live. I'll have to go to Japan to, like, watch them live. Um, so I get like them wanting to do multiple shows And really break into the market But I'm always almost wondering if they should kind of go back To the old tactic They only come over here a couple times a year And it's like, like I said, bigger shows It's like, alright, we're 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 coming to these three cities this year That's it Like if you want to see New Japan or America You have to be here We're going to run a, build, a bigger building uh, Better production It's going to be, you know Will Ospreay, Okada, you know, Naito in the main event of these shows.
0: I mean, yeah, when, when the big names are involved, there's a lot more prestige and importance and they, they do better business. And, you know, from a fan perspective, I like that better. But uh, again, I don't know what the the inner workings of the business side of all this is to begin, at, you know, to begin with.
1: Yeah. Uh, next question here from West Commission 7252. Did y'all moan and sorrow as well about Joey Janela coming to New Japan?
0: Uh, it's fine. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I'll be honest. I do. I like Joey Janela. Not I'm not like a GCW fiend or anything like that, but like, I think sometimes when he does comedy matches, it's funny. And he does the death match shit. And, uh, you know, to me, do, do I want to see Joey Janela and new Japan proper? No, but like, I don't, I kind of don't think of new Japan strong as new Japan anymore. Really. And uh, to me, it's new Japan of America. It's a, a little bit different.
1: Yeah. And I think they've kind of, We've seen that with yeah, some of the some of the guys they've booked and some of the style of matches they've done. Um, so yeah, I'm fine with Joey being on on strong. Uh, then Death Triangle Seven Twenty says, uh, "With Super Junior Tag League, how do you feel about the tournament so far?" So that will uh, take us into our talking about Super Junior Tag League. Um, and I feel so far, like I mentioned at the top of the show, it's, it's been a, a very fast uh paced tournament. We got uh three shows left. Uh I feel like there's been a show every day for this tour. But yeah, I mean it's been a fun tour of watch, but it's just been um a very fast paced tour.
0: Yeah. Honestly, that's part of the reason why I'm so far behind is because I already had the two big shows that I hadn't seen. And then, you know, to get back in the swing of things with work and you know, studies and life and everything like that, and then it's like, you know, junior tagling, junior tagling, junior tag week, junior It's like, oh shit, like I can't <laughs> do this.
1: Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking with this uh, these tournament dates. Yeah, and the last three shows are all you know this week before power struggle. So by the time you're hearing this, there'll be an, another show happening. <laughs> so um, we'll go through the rankings here. Um, I'll list the, the matches for for each team, and then. Just kind of give my quick thoughts on how I feel each team um, has been doing thus far, kind of any story elements I've noticed in the tournament. Um, So first team here that's in uh, first place as of this recording: El Desperado and Master Wato. They have ten points. They are five and one. Night two, they lost to Musashi and Yo, and then they went on a, a winning streak from there. Night three, defeating Bushi and Teton. Night four, defeating Ichiban Sweet Boys. Night five, they defeated the champions of Clark Carnage and Drill Maloney. And then night six, they defeated the former champs, the Jet Setters.
0: Um, so I listened to a little bit of last week's show, and you mentioned at the beginning of the tour that Desperado, and, you know, I, again, I missed all this, but it seems like there's an alliance between Team Nagata and Team Strong style. Um, and now Watto and Desperado are sort of coexisting. But you'd mentioned last week that there was it was still very much like a tentative. There was like a, you know, not mutually respect between the two guys. How has that progressed throughout the tour? Is it still kind of, you know, the same or has anything changed?
1: Yeah, so that's pretty much been the story of these guys. Like Watto really wants Desperado's respect. He wants a team with them. He has a, a team T-shirt shirt that every night he tries to get Despy to wear, Despy doesn't want to wear it. Um, there were some nights where like Watto's music would play first and Despy wouldn't want to come out to Watto's music. He would wait till his music plays. So there's kind of been this kind of weird dynamic uh, between them, but then it seems like after they, they lost to, to Yo and Musashi, they really started clicking more and kind of building more of a chemistry uh, in their tag matches in Watto. Uh, really trying to prove himself to Desperado um, And being there to, to make saves for Despy Or getting the pinfall in some of these matches So they've really kind of gelled together in rings a team But outside, like, Despy doesn't want to wear <laughs> the shirt He doesn't want to come out to Watto's music um, The the night, uh, what show was it? Uh, the night five show uh, There was a spot where he got his mask ripped off And... Um, he ended up having to wear the shirt over his face (laughs) to cover up uh, his mask being off. So in a way, he kind of finally wore the shirt there. But uh, but The
0: relationship reminds me of the one that we have on this show.
1: (laughs) Really? So who's Despy, who's Watto?
0: I'm Despy, you're Watto. You're always working (laughs) for my respect. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, I'm just playing. Um, Looking at... um, you know, again, I'm just kind of looking at cage match. It doesn't look like there's been too many like standout matches from this tournament. Realistically.
1: Yeah. Most of the matches are like your, your three and a half to 3.75 range. Uh, probably a few uh, four star notebook matchups from this run uh, from these guys. I really like Despi and Watto against uh, Bushi and Teton from night three. Um, that was a really fun matchup there. Um, them against Ichiban Sweet Boys. That was another another fun matchup. And another story element here is that, um, these guys have pretty much been in the main event most of this tour. So night three through six was all them in the main event and winning in the main event.
0: Yeah, it looks like, um, from what I'm seeing, the match with drill Maloney and Clark Connors is the second highest rated match of the tournament. At seven point seven three, and it looks like the top rated match right now would be, uh, Drill Maloney and Clark Connors against Catch Two Two.
1: Yeah, I would pretty much um, agree with that. Um, and Watto and Despy, you know, so they they beat the champions night five, uh, War Dogs. So to me, that makes me feel like these guys are not winning the tournament.
0: Possibly. I mean, I think that they have a really good shot just based on the name value and mm-hmm. the fact that obviously they just came out of that best of seven series. And this is sort of still a stopgap between whatever's next for Desperado and Watto beyond just teaming together. But you know, the, it is sort of like when you put two major singles guys together, they stand a good chance to winning to win in a tournament like this. Um, but you Normally I'd agree with you because I I'm, I'm assuming your logic is that they beat the champions. So, you know, they don't need to wait. <laughs> yeah. They're already, they're already entitled to a title shot. But my only thing with that is like the, the junior tag titles don't always follow that sort of logic that you'd expect to see coming out of like a G1.
1: Yeah. And oh last year they didn't do a multi-man match. Like they did a straight up, um, uh... Catch-2-2 versus uh, Leo Rush and Yo, even though Catch-2-2 had lost to some teams in the tournament last year. So that they could go with straight-up tag, but I just feel like these guys have become so dominant. They beat the champions. I think they'll get to the finals, but I mm-hmm. feel like a team that they've beaten already in this tournament is going to come back and beat them in the finals. Is this a single-block tournament? Yes.
0: Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I To me, looking on paper, I feel like they're the favorites, but I, I can't argue with your logic there. That would make the most sense. Yeah. Um, do you know who is still alive and who's out? Are we at that point in the tournament?
1: Yeah, so there's only uh, three nights left. Uh, so each team has three matches left. Um, so obviously, these guys are still in the running here. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot more teams that are still um, in the running. And we can go... Through them as we get to each team, um, so the, the second place team, obviously, that's still in the running here with eight points. Uh, the four and two is Show and Yoshi Nobu Kanamaru of the House of Torture. Night two, they defeated the Jet Setters. Night three, they defeated Doki and Taka. Night four, they defeated Musashi and Yo. Night five, they uh, they lost to uh, Ichiban Sweet Boys, and then night six, they defeated Taguchi and DKC. Um, so essentially, it's been the full play of House of Torture shenanigans in all their matches. Evil Udro and Togo, all the whole crew has pretty much been involved in every match. It's been some kind of ref bump. These guys run out, beat up the opponents. You got Kanemaru doing the whiskey spray, hitting people with the bottle. So the wrench you're getting all the shenanigans mixed up in all their matches. And that's how they've it's actually paying off for them here. It's not backfiring like usual. So that's how they've been able to get to a four and two at this point in the tournament.
0: Well, Canemar always seemed to have shows number when it came to tournament matches. So, you know, maybe he's, uh, you know, kind of guiding young show in, in the ways of the master healed him. Um, Has Kanemaru, like, reverted back to his uh, suzuki Goon terrible tendencies and just kind of, like, phoning it in?
1: Uh, Pretty much, yeah. I mean, they're they're jumping guys from the bell. Shell's been cutting promos on people before the bell, but it's most of this tour's been Japanese commentary, so I have no idea what the heck he's been saying. Um, But they're jumping people. You have all evil, Yudro, they're coming out. Uh, There's a name now for uh, Dick Togo's... Uh, Chop when they spread somebody's guys The legs open he does a chop from the top It's called the devil's chop Um, So he's doing that To to all the opponents Um, That sucks
0: (laughs) This sounds horrible
1: (laughs) Yeah I would say that the one Match out of them that was kind Of fun was um, Night two against the jet setters It was in Cork and Hall Um, So you, you got some smart fans there They were kind of playing along with the heat And I mean, Kevin Knight was just like literally just jumping all over the place, like jumping, dodging all their stuff. And uh, so that, that one was a kind of a fun matchup, but everything else has just kind of been meh. I'm surprised you didn't say Musashi and Yo. Well, uh, yeah, there was some uh, talk about that matchup. <laughs> um, so in that match, um, kind of Mario was going to try and do uh, the whiskey, uh, but then Yo grabbed the, the whiskey and he put it in his mouth and then Sho was trying to stop Yo from spitting the whiskey and then Yo decided I'm going to kiss Joe and exchange the whiskey in his mouth uh, through a kiss. Wrestled him down to the mat and kissed him and got all the whiskey in his mouth from there.
0: I, I, I'm so revolted. That idea.
1: <laughs> you know, COVID was uh, you know not too long ago, and these guys are. Uh... <laughs> I saw that
0: and it, it made me sick. And it's not it's not a a, a homophobe thing or anything. I can't stand the idea. Of making out with somebody with a bunch of
1: fucking shit in their mouth, like and, and, and the backwash and, oh, and exchange.
0: Hell no! Oh, that is so disgusting, bro. That is so disgusting. Wait, like, like you're gonna spit it into their mouth? And they're gonna spit it in your mouth? Like, I think you can tell right now. There's certain um, <laughs> there's certain uh, what what's the word for that? Like fetish stuff that I'm not into. Like, oh the. the, the <laughs> The exchange of fluids in the mouth. Whoa, God, yeah. no, that's horrible.
1: Yeah, this the, the spot wasn't wasn't for me. Uh, we have a question from Hawaiian Punch BV. said, "Show yo top five wrestling kisses."
0: I don't even know what I think. Like, I don't. I don't have. I've never. You know, <laughs> as somebody who has categorized a lot of things <laughs> when it comes, to- <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because it's just. It's funny, like yeah. You... Why would I categorize <laughs> wrestling kisses? The, 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 here's one thing I will say though. Um, I remember when AJ Lee used to like make out with dudes on WWE TV, and I'm no prude, but I remember thinking like, "This is a fucking kid show. What the hell are you doing, bro? <laughs> she be sucking their fucking faces off and just going like it's hard <laughs> <laughs> and nasty. It's gross."
1: Yeah, that, what the whole was that her Punk Kane and Brian. All those dudes, yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember. My, and then uh, Dolph Ziggler.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Barry Wall says, uh, "Was that the worst spot that they've ever done together in a match?" And did Karen love it? What the actual dot dot dot?
0: I don't know. I haven't talked to Karen about it.
1: Yeah, I'll have to. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to see what she what she thought. I don't know if she loves uh, showing you, but yeah, we used
0: to be a proper country. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this is some fucking ddt is of hardcore
1: yeah <laughs> so yeah that that's been uh showing they They're they're still alive with eight points so they're they're at play like i said that the antics have been working for them so uh they could potentially uh squeak their way into a finals here
0: oh so you're house of torture you can't count them out for nothing right now
1: yeah yeah <laughs> Um, and then the other team in second place, it's the other Bullet Club team, the Bullet Club War Dogs, the current junior tag team champions, Clark Connors and Drilla Maloney. So they're also eight points, four and two. Night two, they defeated Catch-2-2. Night three, they lost to the Jet Setters. Night four, they defeated Bushi and Teton. Night five, losing to Desperado and Wato. And then night six, they defeated Doki and Taka.
0: Um, my, my only feelings about uh, where they stand right now is I don't think it would be a good idea to have them in the finals unless you want them to win the finals. Because it's never fun to have the champions go to the finals and then lose to somebody that they already wrestled in the same tournament. And then they got to turn around and defend the titles against them. So then you get three matches back to back to back. That's always overkill.
1: Yeah, um, I feel like there's going to be, just looking at the rest of the teams I think there's going to be a lot of teams that end up being 6-3 and three. And mm-hmm. so I could see them being one of the teams being 6-3 and three. Um, And then they have 12 points, but because of the tiebreakers or whatever the, They don't make it to the finals and they don't win the tournament So on paper it still looks like you know they had a great tournament points wise But then he, they don't have to win the tournament or even be in the finals
0: that makes sense.
1: Um, it looks like they're having one of the
0: stronger tournaments of anybody performance-wise in terms of match
1: quality. Yeah, I mean these guys have really gelled together well. The team powerhouse team, uh, the uh, the full clip finisher has been cool. Also, the the drill killer pile driver from Maloney is awesome. And yeah, these guys are having hard hitting, you know, bruising matchups. And yeah, there has been. Uh, some cheating and shenanigans, but they're still having really good matches. And, you know, people who talk about you know complaining about how the torture and why don't you like them and they're cheating and blah blah. blah. It's like if you're gonna cheat, like do it this. Like I like what Connors and Drill are doing. Like they're still going out there. It feels like they're actually having a wrestling match. They're actually trying to wrestle and win and compete. Um, and, then, and the last second, they're they're kind of. Sliding the ref away, getting his you know turning the ref's attention. It's not always a ref bump. Um, they're doing almost kind of like Ric Flairy kind of stuff, where he's kind of positioning himself to be able to cheat and get the advantage, or just even Russell a more aggressive style to to you know get the heat. Um, and so that's been a lot more enjoyable to watch than you know Evil and all his goons running around in circles and doing all their shenanigans. Um. So yeah. So these guys still alive right now. Like I said, I think they're gonna end up being uh, six and three. Um. Uh, so then that, that takes us to the Jet Setters, uh, Kushida and Kevin Knight, who are currently at six points or three and three. Night two, they lost to House of Torture. Night three, they defeated the War Dogs. Night four, defeating Taguchi and Dkc. Night five, defeating or they lost to Bushi and Teton, and night six they lost to Desperado and Wato.
0: Yeah, um, don't really have too many thoughts here. I'm just, uh, you know, it 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 goes back to the the same thing we always talk about, where it's like, the fuck's going on with Kushida? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um, kind of interesting booking with him, but I do feel like the Jet Setters are going to be. One of the teams that are at six That could potentially win their last Three and come back and be Six and three and get 12 points They did beat the champions On night three and we've seen the Rivalry kind of between them and War Dogs They lost um, a tag title Match Was that in Ryo Goku So there's been a rivalry between these guys This year they failed to win the titles um, A few weeks ago They beat the champions here non-title So I think that That kind of sets them up to potential To to win their last three Get 12 points and get into the finals Mm. Uh, But yeah they've been having fun Matches Kevin Knight is a a blast To watch this guy's always flipping And jumping super high I love listening to uh, Milano Marking out to him uh, In the Japanese commentary So yeah they've been a fun team Uh, Is there no English? uh, For the last Three or four. Four shows there has not been English um, I think the first The first three I think were English and then um, There has not been English yet I know that Walker Stewart Has recorded um, English commentary for these shows That will be up eventually but um, as By the, himself? Yeah
0: Dang uh, Thrown him into the deep end
1: <laughs> Yeah <laughs> as of this recording uh, None of his uh, work for These shows were up yet uh, Early on the tour, they did have, it was Charlton He did uh, like the first three shows And uh, Kanare was his commentator uh, First for those shows um, the, the other team here That's 6 points 33 is the catch 2-2 TJP and Francesco Akira, so they Lost to the War Dogs on night 2 They lost to Musashi And Yo night 3, then night 4, they defeated Doki and Taka Night 5 defeated Taguchi and DKC, And night 6 they lost To Bushi and Teton um, So they've been having really great matchups But just have not been winning All their matches And telling the story here uh, TJP has uh, some kind of neck injury And so that's been uh, Harming them when they try to do the, the Leaning tower because he's the one that holds a guy up in the electric chair Position and then um, Akira Comes off with the cutter off the top and so Several times in some of these matches, they've tried to go for the Lian Tower and not been able to do it. TJP would, you know, fall down, sell the neck. Um, so it seems like they, you know, previously the story with these guys has always kind of been like TJP's. Obviously, he's a veteran. He's kind of calling the plays, and he's the one that's really leading the team to victory. Well, now it seems like uh, Akira's been the one that's kind of had to carry the team on his back here, and TJP's the one that's kind of eating the falls. It's because of his neck injury while they're losing. And then the times they do win, Akira's the one that's getting the, the pinfall. Uh, most of the times they have won so far in the tournament.
0: Well, you know, catch two, too. I think they're one of the premier teams of the uh, of the division, and they still have a chance to be one of the finalists.
1: Yeah, there's similar spot with uh, Jet Setters where, if, yeah, if they win their last three, yeah, they could end up uh, with 12 points and uh, get back into the finals. Um, and another team in that position is the Ichiban Sweet Boys, uh, our good friend Robbie Eagles and Kosei Fujita. Night two, they defeated Doki and Taka. Night three, they lost to Taguchi and DKC. Night four, they lost to Desperado and Wato. Night five, they defeated Sho and Kanamaru. Night six, they defeated Musashi and Yo.
0: So this is, you know, obviously the return of. um Kosei Fujita, how have the crowds been reacting to him, and what what's been your opinion?
1: Yeah, I think the the crowd uh, they have really been into him uh, being back and teaming with Robbie. He's been getting good reactions. He's been uh, wrestling really good. Uh, he has been eating a lot though. With uh, he's been doing these uh, tope congelos and uh, there was the corking one. Like he like almost like flew himself into the, there's no guardrails because of the you know junior tournament. And so he was, like, almost, like, into, like, somebody in the first row. The show I watched this morning, like, they did not, like, catch him well. He, like, hit the mat pretty hard than the tope. Uh Besides that, uh, I think he's been looking good. Uh, like I said last week, he's wrestling a little bit more like Robbie Eagles versus Zack Sabre. Uh, so he's been doing a lot more high-flying uh, versus, like, a lot more of the holes he would do when he would, would team with Sabre. Uh, so, yeah, I think he's been looking good. Nice. Um and yeah, they're they're in, you know similar spot as Jet Setters and catch two two three and three. So if they win their last three, similar situation, uh, they can uh, end up in uh, the finals here. And yeah, I'm still kind of questioning. You know, is Fujita fully graduated or not? He does kind of have somewhat of a new look, um, but yeah, they haven't really made that dis- distinction yet. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be like, staying in in Japan after this tour is over or he's going to go back to Australia and do more dates with Robbie.
0: It would feel like a pretty short-lived quote-unquote excursion if that's what they're aiming to do. But then again, they did say they wanted to kind of fast-track some of these younger guys here, so I don't know.
1: Yeah. Uh, question here from Rambo and Slam Pig. What are your thoughts on the performance of Kosevichita to this point in the tournament? I am really impressed and see big things in the future. What should be next for him? Um, well, I think establishing him in this team with Robbie is, is a good way to kind of get him started and get him going. You could easily have them win the junior tag titles at some point next year, um, and then you kind of break them off from there. Then um, Next up, we have uh, Bushi and Teton. They're sitting at four points, so they are two and three. So if they were to win their last three, they would be four five and three which i don't think is going to end up cutting i mean that would put them at 10 so if other people are coming in at with 12 that's going to bump them up i guess technically they're they're still in it uh depending on how the rest of the team shake out but i don't think that they're going to get through with 10 points
0: but they're three and three they've still got they
1: uh two two and three
0: Oh, I, my apologies. Yeah, yeah. Anybody from Bushi and Teton on all those teams are uh, they're eliminated? Yeah, I, essentially. Unless I mean, I guess there could be like a miracle, like you mentioned, because it is a single block. But it doesn't seem like you know. What, actually, 10
1: they're. Um, I've got. A, they're actually they're two and four because everybody's oh, gotcha. everybody's had six matches so far. So yeah, they're um,
0: like done, done.
1: Yeah. Okay. And last hold on, because I did win today's show. Let me see if I got <laughs> <laughs> double-check the rankings here. Uh, Wouldn't be the first time we got
0: something wrong on this show.
1: Yeah, well, man, it's been hard keeping up with this tour and who has I, what points. I and I know. Trust me. See, <laughs> so yeah, hold on. Let me uh, pull up here and just double-check to see where they're at, because they could be 3-3, three and because three, they did win this morning's show. Let's see here. Going over to F4W. All right. Let's see. Okay. So yeah, correction. So yeah, they won today's show, so that put them, So they're three and three. So they're also at six points. So they yeah, they're in a similar situation with uh, Jet Setters, Catch 2-2 and Ichiban Sweet Boys.
0: Okay. Either way, I think that it's highly unlikely that the remaining teams are going to have a have a shot at placing at all.
1: Yeah, um, and for these guys, they uh, they lost to Gucci and DKC night two. They lost to Desperado and Watto night three. They, they lost to the War Dogs on night four, um, and then they came back the last two matches, uh, defeating the Jet Setters on night five and defeating Catch Two Two this morning. Um, Teton, I feel like he's been really great in this tour. He's been a standout, also between him and Bushi, but they've been really gelling to work together well as a team. But yeah, Teton, um, he's been doing a lot of really cool lucha stuff in his matches. Like I said, the Despie and Watto match uh, was a lot of fun, man. Teton, he's so dynamic. I wish he was a God. I wish he would have won. Super Juniors, and I wish he would be the junior champion, the junior champion <laughs> right now. I, I feel like we would get some really cool defenses with Teton as champion right now. That's funny, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So, uh, so they they can potentially be in the running here if they uh, win their last three. So that brings us to the last two, the last three teams here, which are, they're pretty much all out. We have a uh, Riske Gucci and the DKC. They're sitting at four points, two wins and four losses. So night two, they defeated Bushi and Teton. They defeated uh, Ichiban Sweet Boys night three, and then they lost the Jet Setters on night four, lost to Catch Two Two on night five, and lost to House of Torture uh, night six. Um, so it's been your t- typical kind of Taguchi kind of antics here with him and DKC. Um, You know, beginning of the tour, it was Taguchi trying to teach DKC, you know, his plays and stuff like that. Um, They've been doing some, you know, funny kind of karate double team combos together. Uh, But, yeah, it's been kind of the the, kind of the goofy lighthearted. Most of the time, they're the the first tournament match of the evening. Um, So, yeah, it is what you kind of expect when you think of what Taguchi and DKC would be.
0: (laughs) I know exactly what that would be. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't
1: have to see it too. <laughs> uh, then after that uh, Yo and Musashi They're also at 4 points 2 and 4 Night 2 defeating Desperado And Wato. Night 3 they defeated Catch 2-2 Night 4 lost to House of Torture Night 5 lost to Doki And Taka And then night 6 they lost to Ichiban Sweet Boys um, So yeah Musashi Coming in from Michinoku Pro uh, him and Yo used to, you know, be high school friends and in, in amateur wrestling. Um, Musashi replacing Leo Rush here. Um, I think he's been fine. Uh, to me, he really hasn't like stood out to me. Where I'm like, man, New Japan should sign him. They should bring him back. Um, he's, he's just kind of been a, a good hand to me in this tournament. Like, he, he's no replacement for Leo Rush.
0: <laughs> yeah, when I heard that Musashi was in this, I was like, Musashi from K1. The karate fighter is incredible. (laughs) And then I found I was a different Musashi who I've never heard of or seen. So I don't really know. He's an unknown commodity to me. Aside from, I know he was at the, uh, the, um all-star junior festival, but that that shit came and went, that's a whirlwind. I don't even remember who was on that show.
1: Yeah. I mean, they call him the, the future of Michinoku pro. Um, apparently he's like their ace in the, in the making. Um, but I don't know. He, he's been fine. Mean, he's been good. Like he hasn't been bad at all, but to me, like in this tournament, he just hasn't stood out. And when you're given the opportunity to compete for new Japan, you think you want to make the most of it. Um, But yeah, it's just, he's just been kind of there for me. Um, And of course, team, teaming with yo. And then, I don't know what it is with yo. I feel like, I guess him and Leo is where the magic is at and nobody else. Um, so yeah, and Kind of surprising how much they've Been losing too and a lot of times when they're losing It's not always Musashi that's eating the pinfall Yo has ate, ate some of the falls here On uh, some of their losses Good uh, <laughs> uh, So yeah it, It's kind of interesting to see what they're Going to end up doing with these guys um, and Then the last team Here Doki and Taka Michinoku So they're sitting at two points They're one and five uh, they lost to Ichiban Sweet Boys night two. Lost to House of Torture night three. Uh, lost to Catch Two Two night four. Got their first win on night five against Musashi and Yo. And then night six they lost to the War Dogs. Um, they might be at two points and you know kayfabe wise they're 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 losers, but they're probably one of the hardest working teams in this tournament. I don't know. Bro,
0: they... I was literally just about to say like this if there's any axe that i have to grind when it comes to the booking of this tournament it's booking doki and taka at the bottom because every single i know there's not a lot of uh gifts of new japan that are allowed to persist for any long period of time but every cool thing that i've seen from this tournament online it's always doki and taka doing raw shit and like i'm like Taka's like out here doing like bro. 1997 shit. Like it's sick,
1: bro. Taka, he's super motivated. I don't know what it is. He, he's got the the Michinoku, uh, the the bro, the blue the tie blue, blue on.
0: It's because Doki had a conversation with him, and he's like, "We never go back." He's like, <laughs> You want to you wanna go back to Michinoku Pro?
1: <laughs> Just you want to go out. wrestle in
0: Osaka? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, but yeah. Both of them doing double Acai moonsaults, um, you know, their, their combo moves. They did a, a super kick into the Suplex de la Luna to get their first win. Um, these guys, they've been working super hard. They've been killing themselves. Like I said, Taka, man, like, this is the best Taka has looked probably since that, what, that 2019 Super Juniors where he got hurt. He hurt his ankle. Like, he's been looking really, really good, really motivated. He's been fun to watch. And, yeah, this team... Been working super hard, super hard worker. has been really fun to watch, but unfortunately, you know, the booking is not uh, playing out for them here.
0: This is probably the best he's looked since the WWF light heavyweight tournament title <laughs> tournament in 1997 <laughs> when he was wrestling on Raw's war against Aguila. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. Throwing it, throwing it back there. This uh, the best
0: he's looked since CCW. Barely legal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah, that's where we're at uh, with the junior tag team tournament. Uh, I'm just going to run through the undercard results from these shows um, and to kind of maybe talk about any stories there. So, night two, uh, Count Newman, Great O'Connor, Hanari defeated Oscar Lube, Red, Narita, and Shota Umino. So, this whole tour, Narita and Umino have been... Teaming together, so it definitely seems like they're getting them ready for World Tag League Um, and then Okan's getting ready for, uh, John Moxley Um, at the time, Hanari was getting ready for, uh, the strong title match Then we had, uh, Sonata, Taichi, and New Yamura. They defeated, uh, actually with a time limit draw Against Hiromu, Naito, and Yotsuji And then we had the, um NJPW World television match with Zach Sabre Jr. defending against Oleg Bolton. Um, so that was um, a fun matchup. Uh, it was pretty much Zach just eating up uh, Bolton. Um, Bolton did get a chance to show some um, power moves um, and kind of show a little bit of what he had, but I really felt it was Zach kind of really just outclassing him and out wrestling him.
0: Yeah, that was something I was definitely interested in watching. And I'm kind of looking, you know, at the results, seeing what I need to go back and catch up on. And that didn't seem to be something that got a lot of acclaim or, you know, not that it needs to be, but it didn't even seem like anyone was really talking about it after the fact. There, It seemed like there was more buzz going into the match than coming out of it.
1: Yeah, because everybody's like, oh, what does this mean for Bolton Oleg? Is he going to get, a, you know, is he going to win? Is he going to get you know, graduate quickly kind of thing. Um, the match was just kind of, it was just kind of there and Bolton. I think he has a a lot of talent. Also, he's a a big dude. He has a lot of power, but again, like I was saying last week, I think what I saw here, I'm like, man, I feel like Oscar Lube would have stood out more in a, in a match like that.
0: Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, Oscar Lube is a much more seasoned and experienced vet in comparison to old Bolton. I have to imagine, um, even though I haven't seen the match, I think I probably still want to go and check it out. For a guy that's never had a, a match go over 10 minutes, this was probably a strong uh, you know, progression for him.
1: Yeah. Uh, then night three, we had uh, Bolton, Oleg, Narita, and Umino defeating uh, Calum Newman, Great Okan, Hanare. Hiromu and Suji defeated Gato and Taiji. Shimori. And uh, then Tanada Taichi, and Yuya Defeated Tanahashi, Oscar Lube And Tomohiro Ishii Night 4, we had uh, Great Bash heel, Makabe and Hanuma Defeating Oscar Lube and Yuto Nakashima Narita and Umino defeated Callum Newman And Great Okan, and then Ishii Yano and Yoshihashi defeated Dick Togo, Evil, and Yujiro Night 5, Makabe and Hanuma defeated Tenzon. Makabe Honma, and Hanuma and Tenzon Defeated uh, Old, Bolton Oleg, Oscar Lube And Yuto Nakashima Ren, and Shoto Umino defeated Calum Newman and Great Okan. And then Ishii, Yano, and Yoshihashi defeated Diktoku, Evil, and Ujirou. And then on this morning show, Night 6, the uh, Great Bash heel and Tenzan defeated Al- both Oscar Lobe, and Yuto Nakashima. Narita and Umino defeated Calum Newman and Great Okan. Ishii, Yano, and Yoshihashi defeated Diktoku, Evil, and Ujirou. So a lot of similar stuff on the undercards uh, there. And that brings us to the upcoming schedule for the remainder of the road to power struggle tour. I'll take it from here, Jeremy. So
0: night seven, we've got old Bolton, Oscar Weber, and Yuto Nakashima taking on great bash heel teaming with Tenzan, Narita and Shota Umino will take on United Empire's Callum Newman and Great Okan. Uh, the cast team of Ishii, Yano, and Yoshihashi take on the house of torture team of Dick Togo, Evil, and Yujiro. Getting into tournament action, we've got the Super Junior Tag League, Taguchi and DKC taking on Musashi and Yo. Uh, The LIJ team of Bushi and Teton taking on Doki and Taka. Intergalactic Jet Setters taking on Kosei Fujita and Robbie Eagles. House of Torture taking on the Bull Club War Dogs. And then your main event is El Desperado and Master Wato taking on Catch-2-2 on Night 8. Narita, Umino, and Hanma take on the United Empire team of Newman, Okan, and Hanare. Geto and Taiji Shimori take on uh, the LIJ team of Haromo and uh, Yotasuji. The Chaos team of Ishii, Yano, and Yoshihashi take on Diktogo, Evil, and Ujiro. In tournament action, we've got Taguchi and DKC taking on the Bull Club War Dogs. Uh, the LIJ tag team taking on um, Ichiban Sweet Boys. Musashi and Yo taking on the Intergalactic Jet Setters. Semi-main event, Despi and Wato versus uh, Doki and Taka. And then your main event, Catch-2-2 versus the House of Torture. And then finally, on Night 9, Road to Power Struggle, Bull Club team of Gedo and Ishimori uh, matchup against Hiromu and Suji. Non-title six-man tag team match, the cast team of Okada, Ishii, and Yoshi, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, the reigning never six man tag team champions, they'll take on Dick Togo, Evil, and Yujiro. Um, you know, that's a little concerning because it's a non title match, could always lead to a title match down the road. <laughs> Olin Bolton, Oscar Luebe, Rennerita, and Shoto Mino take on the United Empire team of Newman, Ocon, Jeff Cobb, and Will Ospreay. And then finally, back to, uh, and this is the final night of regular tournament action, correct? Yes. Toguchi and dkc taking on um doki and taka musashi and yo taking on lij ichiban sweet boys taking on the bull club war dogs intergalactic jet setters versus uh catch 22, and then your main event Despie and wato versus show and kanemaru so um anything here that is eye-opening that you're looking forward to and what are your predictions
1: jeremy yeah, so I think as you can see from the the first tournament matches we were talking about, Eugene and Dkc against Doki and Taka, like they're out. Musashi and Yogan's Bushi and Teton. I think that's gonna they're gonna both be out, and so it's gonna come down to these last three matches here. Um, I, I Desperado and Wato in the main event again. I could. They seem to be in
0: almost all main events and semi main
1: events. Yeah. I, I could see them being spoiled by Sho and Kanemaru. Uh,
0: Do we think that there's a situation where like Sho and Kanemaru beat them and they end up facing one another in the finals again right after that?
1: You could do that and then they could get their revenge. Um, I, I think Catch 2-2 is another team to watch out for against the Jet Setters. Like, I feel like that... Could be a, a spot where both teams, um, if they either want to win, they could get to 12 points. So potentially could end up with uh, Catch-2-2 versus House of Torture. Or maybe Despy and Wato just win here, here and you get um, them against Catch-2-2.
0: I think that that would probably be the match that the purists would want to see the most out of all the different possibilities.
1: Yeah, I think that would end up being the best Case Match and I feel like they're doing a kind of a comeback story for Catch 2 2. Um, and we know they're kind of rivaled with Jet Setter, so yeah, I could see them winning that semi main event to lock their spot in. Um, and then you could have Despy and Watto lose on uh, night eight and seven, so that way you, you kind of think that could, they could be out and then they win their last match, knock out House of Torture, and then yeah, you get to Desperado and Watto against Catch 2 2.
0: Yeah, this one's uh, it's tough to call. I'm not sure exactly where it's headed, but you know, in a week's time we'll we'll pretty much already know. And then uh, assuming that the finals are what at power struggle? Yes. Gotcha. So yeah, I think I'm gonna tentatively lock in Wato. And my thing is like despi and Wato, it's weird because they're kind of leading right now. So I'm assuming they're probably gonna take a couple losses here in the near future to sort of even things up a little bit so they don't get too far ahead. Yeah. But um ultimately I think if they're the biggest star tag team, there's a reason they've been in all the main events. So I assume they should probably go through to the finals. And um I think it's gonna be either them in House of Torture or them in catch two two. Um of course they could always do War Dogs. It wouldn't be the first time they've had the champions go to a finals in a tournament like this, but I just, I always hate that because you're going to get the same match over and over again.
1: Right. Yeah. A single block does not really, uh, bode well for that. So like I said, I think those guys can still end up with 12 or 10 points, have a respectable tournament, um, but not have to win it or be in the finals
0: with Watto and Despy. Were there any matches that had any weird wonky finishes at the earlier juncture of the tournament already?
1: Um, not really.
0: Because sometimes in a single block, that's the tell. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I feel like most of their matches have been straight up either clean wins or losses.
0: Well, yeah. I think them and uh Shou and Kanemaru on the final night, that's very, uh, you know, but that kind of screams the whole, like, you know, Sho and Kanemaru threatening to go to the finals and no one wants to see them get there, so... Despi and Watto have to overcome them.
1: Yeah. Especially if, if they end up losing on uh, night seven and eight and come into this final night um, five and three. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of an oversimplification,
0: but I'm just looking at the final night, you know, your top three matches. You've got War Dogs versus Team DK. Maybe Team um, DK picks up a win and it's a big spoiler. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got Jet Setters versus United Empire. I'm going to kind of just treat those final two matches like they're, uh, you know, A block, B block finals. And I think we'll probably just see Watto and, and um, Despie face off against the winners of the Jet Setters and catch two, two, whoever that may be, especially considering the history between those two teams this past year.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, ultimately, yeah, I think we'll, we'll get a fun final Um regardless of who wins that, but yeah, overall really fun tournament and yeah, should be a fun finals.
0: So um, later this week on Saturday, we have a uh, power struggle coming up. A few of the announced matches that are, are here. There is going to be a pre-show frontier zone, six man tag team match where uh Mochizuki jr. Strong machine J and Yoshiki Kato will take on three, um mystery opponents i don't know who any of these wrestlers are i don't know what this promotion even is they're from uh dragon gate ah okay okay gotcha Uh,
1: um why is it called frontier zone so this is the new gimmick they started at uh rio goku where they're doing this new thing on the pre-shows where they're bringing in guys from other promotions and other indies to give them a shot to kind of break out. Um and see if these guys are gonna come back at contracts kind of thing, or just kind of spotlight other independent talent.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we we just wanna give you guys a little bit of spotlight and then we wanna sign your best talent away from you. <laughs> 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 All right, Vince Jr., nineteen eighty four. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh but they're facing three unknown opponents, so I don't know. I guess what who knows? I don't even know if that will make air or not did the last one it, yeah air? the last one did yeah okay and then um will osprey versus Shota umino is that not for the u.s title
1: yeah it's for the uh u.s u.s slash uh, uk title umino to- told will to bring both belts um so there is rumor that you know the winner is going to become the uh intercontinental champion
0: Right, I'm just reading this off of the. So, is that that's the main event, correct?
1: Yeah, the the matches are not in order because not the full cards not announced yet. But mm, okay. that that will probably yeah be the main event on this show.
0: Uh, John Moxley is wrestling the Great O'Con. Um, I know that Great O'Con has basically stipulated that if he beats John Moxley, he wants a shot at the AW World Title. And then um, aside from that. Later on the evening, you got Tangaloa and David Finley again, but this
1: time with no, uh, never title tied to it. So, well, no, this is a uh, Tangaloa, not not Tamatanga.
0: Oh, okay. So, great Tangaloa. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, Naito and Suji taking on, uh, Just Five Guys, Sonata and Yuya, Uemura. Yu you know, the 20 minute time limit draw wasn't enough. We need to run it back. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Then the never-openweight the never six-man tag team titles are on the line as uh, Okada, Ishii, and Tanahashi take on the TMDK team of Mikey Nichols, Shane Hayes, and Zack Sabre Jr. And then the IWGP junior heavyweight titles on the line as Hiromu Takahashi takes on Taiji Ishimori again. Yep,
1: yeah, by uh, another Hiromu-Taiji uh, match there. Um, so, yeah. Um, Jer- Jeremy, I'm just going to say it the early
0: part of this year, it felt a lot of the time where it was like new Japan is back, but some of these big shows, not, not even necessarily new Japan day to day that hasn't changed too much, but some of these big shows like,
1: hmm. you know,
0: power struggle. And then, uh, what was the last one uh, that we had
1: for this destruction Ryo Goku?
0: Not feeling it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Destruction in Ryugoku. Yeah, it was not great. Um, I think this show actually looks pretty good. Uh, I mean, Osprey and Umino, that will be good. Uh, I think Moxley and Okan could be fun. Um, Okada, Tanahashi and Ishii against uh, Zack and Nicholson Hayes, that be fun. We know Hiromu, well, this, Hiromu and Taiji can have a great match.
0: There's definitely good stuff on the card. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, we've seen Osprey and Umino quite a few times now, and like it's good, but it's never like delivered up to the level I think it should, considering how they push Umino. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, do you, I, I do you think, think that he needs to win here.
0: I don't know if he needs to win. I think the that's the real question because the intrigue surrounding Will and his contract status and the future of him in this company, and you know what's gonna happen on July 4th, one way or the other, sort of all you know, kind of surrounding this match. So there is intrigue from that perspective. Um, me personally, I would just keep the title on Will.
1: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, that's that's probably what they're gonna do. That's probably maybe the right business call, but I'm like, man, how much times are you gonna beat Uno with Osprey? Like,
0: how many times are you gonna beat all? Of your new young upcoming stars that you've returned from excursion by guys that are walking out of the company.
1: True. Yeah.
0: You know it, it's happened quite a few times, but my thinking and maybe this is a little bit more short term as opposed to a long term view. Um, you got Will. You're you're going to do something with this belt. The big payoff probably should happen on a bigger stage like Wrestle Kingdom, whatever that might be. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I am of the opinion that Will is absolutely leaving the company, and I think that you know if you have him drop the title now, sure you could get something out of him come January fourth, but it's gonna have less juice to it than it would be if he's you know um, doing the favor to somebody on the way out in the Tokyo Dome.
1: Yeah, well, all signs are pointing for him versus John Moxley at the Tokyo Dome. So do, do you have him drop? this uh, new IC title or US slash UK title to Moxley.
0: Why do you say that? Cause I hadn't heard that at all, but again, I'm not, act- I haven't been actively watching.
1: Uh, well, people are kind of speculating for, you know, Will being in a big match and this whole Ocon facing Moxley is a way for, you know, Moxley to beat Ocon and that kind of gets will to want to challenge Moxley.
0: Hmm. Well, you know, as one of our famous presidents, uh, uh, George W. Bush said once, he said, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, you can't get fooled again. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we've already done the whole, let's put our title on an AEW guy and hope he comes back. And granted, Jon Moxley's not, you know, um, Kenny Omega. Like if Jon Moxley, if it were up to him, he'd probably be wrestling in Japan, like, More. you know, every two months. Yeah. <laughs> quarterly like he'd be here all the time and maybe if he has the belt that would happen i do think that there's m- more of a chance of that taking place with john moxley than there would be than there was with kenny but at the same time john is in such high demand with aw i mean i don't trust any arrangement any longer where an outside contracted guy holds the title whether it's whether it's with AEW or elsewhere. I just don't want to see it. We've been burned by it too many times at this point. Yeah. Uh, But uh, that is a good point. If it were to be John Moxley, I wouldn't want them to do that because my whole thinking is that if Will's leaving and if he is going to drop the title, then he should just drop the belt to somebody that deserves the rub.
1: Yeah. Or do you wait? His contract is up in February. Do you have him drop it at new beginning? Whatever the big new new beginning is going to be in January, or the one that they do in early February.
0: Uh, what if you did it at New Year's Dash?
1: You could you do know, that. Yeah. You know?
0: Something crazy like that. Uh, I also thought, and again, don't get—I'm not saying that this is what's going to happen, but like we don't know what his future is. We don't know what the if there is going to be a time split. But like, let's say if he goes to AW, for instance. Um, what if like he leaves with the belt? you know, that's on the table too. And I don't think it's something a lot of people have considered, you know, like when Kenny left and he was IWGP champion, there's no chance that was going to happen because, you know, but we've, there already is a precedent of them having champions outside of the company. Will could leave with the title and then, you know, split his time. You know, I'm not saying I want to see that, but it is a real possibility.
1: Right. And his whole thing is, you know, I'm the quote unquote real world champion. Like I've been defending my belt, all around the world. Uh, Bro, it's hard to argue against. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, yeah, you have him take the belt with him and take the belt around the world to different, you know, if it becomes the intercontinental, you know, the different continents and go to AEW, go be in America.
0: If they were going to have him drop the belt to one of the young guys, for me, for my money, it needs to either be Suji or Umino. I, I wouldn't be opposed to him. Losing to Omino here, especially since Omino's already lost to him so many times in the past. And Will's a big enough star to where... Like, let's say if you did want to do that John Moxley match on the way out, um, that would be fine to do without a title. It doesn't necessarily need a title. But my whole... I'm just thinking, like, if you're wanting to, uh, you know, have him do the favor to somebody at the Tokyo Dome and it's a new japan contracted guy that might not be a bad way to go you know to elevate somebody as opposed to doing it to me it feels a little bit cop-outish to do it at power struggle in november as opposed to Tokyo Dome yeah like i would have imagined it would be umino fighting him in the Tokyo Dome and winning the belt i didn't think it was going to happen
1: here right which which means he's probably not winning
0: right which makes it, and again, it's it's a hair scratcher because there's been a lot of things that have happened in this company this past year. And in the past few years where I've been a little bit like, what are we doing, you know?
1: Yeah, and then like you mentioned, like Suji would have been a great guy to beat Osprey, but Osprey just beat him. Or so, mm-hmm. are you gonna run that back like that? Well, like- you could run that back. Cause he came so close mm-hmm.
0: it, it, if they wanted to build to that. But I don't know if there's gonna be time to really establish something like that during World Tag, League. maybe there will be. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Hmm. What are you thinking? Do you think Umino wins here? I don't know because it's hard. It's like I don't think you should be beating Umino, and I don't think he needs to lose to Will again. But it makes more sense for Will to lose at the Tokyo Dome if he's going to be going, leaving New Japan and. If you want him to put somebody over that's not John Moxley, that would be the stage for him to lose, drop the belt, and make somebody. But it's like, who do you do? It's like, you're not going to run back Ubino if he beats him here in Power Struggle. Like the Suji match, like you could do that, but that would be a quick turnaround. Um, I, I don't think you're going to do Ren Narita. Um, I, I don't see them doing Yuya Amora. So it's like, who, who do you do Like if you're not going to do one of the young guys? So it's it's a weird predicament.
0: It, it's a weird predicament. It's it's I I'm going with Will though.
1: Yeah, I mean that that's the, the safe bet. Uh Will probably end up winning. It'll be a story of Umino getting so close again but losing. Um
0: and, and but what sucks about that is, you know, for people that have been tracking their matches going back to Red Pro, you sort of expected him to someday beat him. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And if he doesn't do it here, it's probably not going to happen. Right. Yeah. So that's, there's probably some people listening, thinking that he is going to win and Maybe they're right. It's a tough call. Um, I think that this is the most credible threat to his title
1: reigns so far, uh, yeah. but I could see him winning any chance of the hour uh, draw. No. <laughs>
0: uh. I think uh, John Moxley is going to be Great O'Con. Oh yeah, just definitely. Cause, yeah, I think I, I don't see that happening. Yeah, O'Con uh,
1: doesn't stand a chance.
0: But you know, speaking to the quality of 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 the show, Jeremy, like I don't know that I'm that excited for O'Con and Moxley. Um, Tangaloa, David Finley. I don't know why I need to see that. Well, well, well,
1: Josh Tangaloa pinned David Finley in a tag match. At Royal, don't Qu- Royal a, quest. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> You know, and then
0: uh, uh, I guess we could talk about it. Naito and Sonata, world, one of the coldest world
1: title feuds leading to a Tokyo Dome in forever. Yeah, they're going to mess around and end up in a fan boat. <laughs> Well, Will well, Ospreay, I mean, he may have been in the dome. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen,
0: but like, damn, dude, this, you know, and that's another thing. Like, they got good guys in there, Suji and Yamura. That sounds awesome, but like, Naito's not a bro. I don't know, man. And then um, the Never Openweight six-man tag team is cool. You know, that's one of the, the highlights of what's been going on in the company lately. In fact, I wish that they would come up with a, a name for Okada Ishii and Tanahashi. It's. It's weird saying Chaos and Tanahashi, you know. <laughs> but that looks good. But then Hiromu and Ishimori, like, yeah, that's objectively good. But I'm so fucking tired of seeing those guys wrestle each other. I don't want to see it again.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost like a placeholder title match. Uh, this,
0: this card is a placeholder card, <laughs> bro. Uh, yeah. So...
1: I mean, you would think this this show would have to be kind of angle heavy because it's like the last major heavyweight show before January 4th. I mean, you'll have the World Tag League finals in December, but I'm
0: I'm a little surprised there's not more heavyweight tag team action leading to World Tag League on here so far.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not the full card. There will probably be some more matches announced uh, later this week. So maybe they'll, they'll throw some more tags on there, maybe. And
0: then uh, last thing, like, let me look here before we jump to the news. Because, I mean, I know you and I, we talked briefly today. But, like, I just want to look at the schedule. But it's like, um, is this it? Like, is this our cutoff for the year?
1: So Lone Star Shootout is uh, November 10th. And that's the last show before. Actually, no, there are. There's some other There is sh- an
0: event on November 11th called NJPW Anyo Rainy Days. I don't know what the fuck that is.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that's airing on New Japan World or not. Okay. It, it could but be, but
0: uh, the first day of uh Okay, so it looks like there's a couple of New Japan Road shows on the 17th and the 19th of November. I know yeah. No idea if those are going to air on New Japan World
1: or not. but Okay, so I, uh, I pulled up the world schedule, so that's up okay. to date. So, um, yeah, New Japan Road, November 17th will be airing. Okay, so, so that should be something to lead to something. <laughs> yeah, so that's the only show that's airing. So it's uh, Power Struggle, Lone Star Shootout, New Japan Road, and then World Tag League starts on November 20th.
0: Well, then that's going to be the cutoff for our year. November twentieth is the new fiscal year, and uh, we're going into award season.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're in twenty days. It's pretty crazy. We we haven't really worked on uh, much of it. I've been look. I looked at the uh, spreadsheet today. Um, Uh, I actually like. Also, it's going to be work for us to do it, but I think it's actually going to be pretty easy to narrow down some of the stuff, just because, like you mentioned, like. It seemed like New Japan was going to have a hot year, and it, it's kind of cooled down some areas. Um, so I, I think narrowing down some of these categories is gonna it's gonna be actually easier. Like we were saying earlier on on the phone, like I think it's gonna be an extremely higher higher bar that we're gonna set for this year, um, and, and it's going I think it's gonna narrow that down pretty easily with that.
0: Nice. Well. Um let's uh jump into the news before i have a panic attack um <laughs> <laughs> so uh brian danielson and claudio uh, casagnoli they defeated okada and orange cassidy last week on dynamite and we had a question here from stale burger bun why is okada such an unsafe worker in AEW? and i i, I assume that there was an angle with danielson and an injury, but it looks like um About one hour ago, there was an update on this news story. I saw it on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, (laughs) um, that Brian's injury did not occur during that match.
1: Yeah, so uh, it came out after this match that Brian had a broken orbital bone. Uh, People thought it might have been a work to set up an angle for Tokyo Dome, but... Uh, it seems like the, the injury is legitimate, but, uh, apparently the injury came from the Andrade match, uh, two weeks ago on collision.
0: That's what they're saying. Yeah. So, um, I think they, he probably has been working with a broken orbital bone. Wouldn't be the first time he's ever done that. Um, well, probably, I wonder if it's the same eye, the same injury from, you know, back in the Morishima days, but, uh they used this match in particular as an opportunity to write him off for the time being probably to build to something with him and uh okada again
1: yeah uh, claudio he cut a promo um he wants to seek revenge against cassidy and okada so he's facing orange cassidy this wednesday on dynamite for the international title and then um teasing potentially he said he'll go to japan if he has to so If Brian's not ready for Tokyo Dome, I guess it could be uh, Claudio versus at the Tokyo Dome. I would not be opposed to that.
0: Uh, The NJPW Lone Star Shootout um, on Friday, November 10th. There have been several matches confirmed. Uh, The card reads as follows. Shingo Takagi defending the Never Openweight title against Trent Beretta from AEW. Zack Sabre Jr. defending the NJPW World TV Championship against Speedball Mike Bailey from TNA not
1: back. That's right. TNA is back, baby.
0: Mayu Iwatani from Stardom defending the IWGP women's uh, title against CMLL Stephanie Vakur. Um, AEW's Eddie Kingston defending the NJPW strong openweight title against Satoshi Kojima from NOAA. <laughs> 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 ELP and Hikaleo, uh, the new. Gorillas of Destiny, defending the NJPW Strong Tag Team titles against the West Coast Wrecking Crew, Mystico versus TJP, and Toru Yano versus Joey Janela. This is a, a a fire pro-ass show if there ever was one.
1: Seriously, but I, I think it's going to be a pretty fun car, though.
0: Looks pretty good, yeah. Um, Fantascomania will be returning in 2024. The 2024 tour will get started in Osaka on February 12th for two nights before heading to uh, Kagawa, Aichi, Makahari, Messe, and Chiba, and then always the wildly popular tour conclusion in Cork and Hall on February 18th and 19th. And then after two successful intakes in 2023, the NJPW Academy will return to the LA Dojo in 2024 with another round of courses beginning January 22nd. Whether you're looking to begin your pro wrestling journey or you're ready to push yourself to the next level, start your 2024 strong at NJPW Academy. So, um, I guess I'm a little confused on how this all works. Like, they're an academy, but they're going to the dojo. What
1: the fuck's going on? So, the academy classes are happening at the dojo. Okay, so so the dojo is just still the physical place. The academy is the program. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. All right. well, if you're a wrestler, you want to Try your hand at this shit. You know, you can show up on Lone Star Shootouts pre-show, maybe, if you're at the very, very
1: top. Go get trained by uh, Fred Rosser. Nice.
0: And then uh, Saturday, December 16th, Crystal Palace National Sports Center, Red Pros Uprising 2023. Will Osprey versus Gabe Kid has been added to that show. And I think that's the same show where we're getting a um, – Ishii and Luke Jacobs
1: again right Yep yeah the big rematch between Ishii And Luke Jacobs so yeah that'll be a, a Big show for uh, pro. Nice Alright uh, gonna close you out here with uh, A few questions and then uh, Recommended match of the week uh, So first from Barry Wall says with Impact going back To being called TNA And Okada saying a few weeks back how He hated TNA it sounded like He was being serious although The people are different behind the scenes If he wanted to, do you think he would hold enough power or sway to weaken the partnership deal if he wanted to over personal issues?
0: I don't know about that, but I did think about the optics of AEW, of New Japan Pro Wrestling working with TNA once again. And I did wonder, like, did they put any, did they even consider that that might be something that hurts the relationship potentially?
1: Uh, I mean, at this point, like, they've been working with Impact. It's going to be, you know, Scott DeMore. Yeah. They've been working with Impact.
0: <laughs> Not TNA.
1: Uh, I'm just saying. That that would be pretty funny if, like, yeah, the, the partnership just, like, stopped.
0: <laughs> They're like, uh, you guys are going back to TNA? I don't know, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I, I, I think it the whole like Okada hating TNA Obviously I know he, d- he didn't have a great run there But I think he kind of jokes about it now So I don't think he'd it'd be it'd be That serious I mean he still has a lot of friends there Friends with the machine gun and stuff like that So it'll be fun uh, He also asks uh, Is Zack Sabre Jr. the best Faction leader He is present for the Super Junior matches outside the ring To support the Sweet Boys And Okada might not even know who was in chaos
0: um, uh, hmm, maybe,
1: yeah. I mean, TMDK has been a pretty good faction this year. Uh, I mean, I, I would uh argue Will Ospreay is a pretty good uh faction leader.
0: I was gonna say Will, but it, I don't know, Zach's a pretty strong leader, yeah. Can't that- win the big one though. <laughs>
1: Uh, next, Rambo and Slam Pig. It says, between the LA Dojo graduates, the Musketeers, Fujita, Lube, Bolton, there is a lot of high-ceiling young talent in the promotion. In order to keep those guys in the mix, there will probably need to be a big downcycling of older talent. Who is on the chopping block first?
0: Tanahashi. Mm. Nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think it's really smart what they've been doing with the the older talent, allowing them to kind of go out and work in these other companies and almost sort of facilitate, not quite exactly the same role, but, um, who's, who's the, uh, Okamura, right? Okamura is the guy in CMLL that's Japanese. Yeah. You know, he sort of has like that liaison role for the company. Um. I don't know that the that the relations that they're building with these outside companies isn't hurt in any way by sending some of these older you know talents that are still able to draw and work uh, to to those companies. That's a great way to kind of downcycle some of those guys, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see a little bit more of that ongoing.
1: But um, I think like Tenzon's for sure on his way out. Yeah, I mean Tenzon, Makabe, uh, Tiger Mask. Tiger mass Nagata Suzuki mm-hmm. are all rapidly
0: approaching. Kojima. Kojima is probably right now out of all of those guys, in my opinion, the most consistently stable worker yeah. of the group, um, maybe tiger Mask, but it's probably Kojima. I think, but here's my hot take. I think right now in 2023, I think, um, I think Nagata is able to still get up for the big match better than the rest of those guys, including Kojima mm. w- when he needs to, as evidenced by his last like all, uh, triple crown run. But on a day in and day out status, like I don't think Nagata's wrestling anywhere near the level Kojima is right now.
1: Mm. Yeah, I can see that um and I know you joked about Tanahashi but but he's
0: he's the next guy behind all those guys
1: yeah like he's he's bro he's
0: also there's Hama yeah Hama uh but yeah I think all those guys are you know but I, I T- Tanahashi's like not far off from dad status
1: yeah I mean he's been in a lot of multi-man stuff this year he's a never six-man champion like he hasn't, done, he hasn't done a lot of big, high profile singles matches this year. Bro, when Tanahashi does his final G1, oh my God, tears. Yeah, when are we going to get this uh, Tanahashi bye bye tour? <laughs>
0: <laughs> we got to get Sting and Tanahashi once, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh Let's see. Uh, next question here uh, from Death Triangle Seven Twenty. With Danielson out, do you think it would be a good choice to have Claudio be Okada's opponent at Wrestle Kingdom? Um, no. <laughs> I thought you said you <laughs> you wouldn't mind that,
0: <laughs> right? Like I don't mind it, me personally. Like from a Wanting to consume that match as just a fan, do, I'm, I'm all for it. Do I think for business reasons that that would be the prudent or smart decision for New Japan to put Claudio in a major spot against uh, Okada at Wrestle Kingdom? Like, I'd say no. I think that it would be better for the because I don't think Claudio is that well of a known commodity in the market. And I don't think he's a big enough name to draw foreign eyes over to the product. Um, I think that that match would probably be better served. I know that he said he'd come to Japan and wrestle him, and that's cool. I, I do want to see Claudio wrestle here without the constraints, but um, I don't know. That match is probably better served happening in AEW, honestly. Mm. And I think I think for business reasons, Okada should probably wrestle somebody a little bit more high profile
1: at at the
0: dome
1: so you're saying maybe bringing in some try to find another aw guy that's
0: i don't know what i'm i'm not saying that specifically i don't know uh, i'm not like fantasy booking here but i'm just saying if i had the opportunity to do someone with a bigger name than claudio i would do that
1: yeah i think yeah nothing against claudio but yeah definitely he's more that upper mid card guy whereas you know brian danielson legend main eventer you want somebody mm-hmm. on that status. Like like I would do Mox and Okada. That's the kind of match that I think should be happening
0: at the Tokyo Dome to put it in perspective.
1: Yeah. Cause I don't think they've wrestled each other. Have they never? Yeah. So that, that would be a cool first time dream match kind of thing. Something like that. Like that's kind
0: of like, you know, and uh, granted sure. Like Claudio would be a cool match for him to have. And he, definitely win that one that's one where like they they wouldn't be able to do the the tk you know pulling the power card but like you know it's the tokyo dome you only get so many of those and i don't think that i don't think that that that's as high profile enough of a match especially if you're trying to rebound business and, and everything like that
1: yeah maybe you um you don't do will mox and you set up yeah moxley okada because since Mox is still in Blackpool Combat Club, he could also be trying to get revenge for uh, Brian um, against Okada. That's the way they should go. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, then last question here from Hawaiian Punch BV: Thoughts on Fury N- N'ganu? Who would you pick in a rematch? Were Dana White and the UFC the ones who actually fumbled the bag?
0: Oh boy, here we go. The question <laughs> I've been wanting. Did you watch this fight?
1: I didn't watch it, but I saw several clips and pictures uh, of the fight and it seemed like yeah, and Ngannou uh, was in there, you know, going toe to toe with uh Fury.
0: I thought I thought Francis Ngannou won the fight. Um I, I it definitely it was a close fight in terms of like the scorecards, but um I don't think Tyson Fury had shit for Ngannou <laughs> in this fight. Um, it is funny. It was a 10 round fight. Um, you know, the, the one really intriguing thing behind it is Nganu is the lineal MMA world heavyweight champion. Um, he's no longer the UFC champion, but he was the lineal world champion when he left that company. And that doesn't end just because he's not under contract with the premier sports league. He, he takes the, the, the status with him and Tyson Fury Likewise, is this the lineal boxing world heavyweight champion so you got the two lineal champions going head to head in a in a in this sport and nobody gave francis a shot and like even me bro like i've said i don't know if i've talked about it that much on the air here but i've said many times that i thought francis had a shot just because he, because he has so much power but i didn't think it was a a shot in the sense of like you know, it would go to a decision, and he he'd be standing there looking like the better fighter after ten rounds. I I thought he'd try to bum rush him and maybe catch him with a big shot and put him down, <laughs> and like that's not what happened here at all. And the other thing that's so crazy about it is if you watched, um, Francis Ngannou work on pads and work with his boxing trainers, bro, he did not look good at all. Like I like he didn't look fluid. He didn't look. He just—he looked like a novice, like a guy that couldn't string together any punches. It was fucking. I was like, "Oh my god, he's gonna get savage by Tyson Fury tomorrow." And then um, they went out there, and like Fury hit him with a few big right hands right off the bat, pop, pop, and Francis ate that shit up, and he, he didn't move, and it was like, "Oh no." <laughs> <laughs> and like that's the thing, Francis is an incredible, incredibly gifted, like athletic human. Um, he's a freak in nature and I don't think Tyson Fury had any power to hurt him. And he fought a really smart game plan. Like anyone who watched the fight, you'll notice he didn't go forward that much. Um, because if he was going forward, that would allow Tyson to counter him. He never really gave Tyson the chance to counter him, but he also never went back. And Tyson's really good. Um, putting people on their back heels when needed. And he never did that. Like he was never on the ropes. He was never in the corner. He just kind of stood his ground in the middle of the ring and just kind of dictated where Tyson was going. And he used a long guard. uh, Most of the fight to kind of keep the jab away. And it worked really well. So like Tyson never was able to get the jab off on him, hardly at all. And then um, he used his left hook off of his long guard. Like he, like he was threatening the right hand most of the fight. And Tyson was trying to get away from the right hand, and he kept walking into left hooks. And he even dropped Tyson Fury in the third round, which was fucking crazy.
1: Yeah, that, um, that's the picture that everybody's sharing, like that knock, that drop down. Bro, this is a guy where, like, before this
0: fight, everyone was saying like this is the greatest world heavyweight champion, just in terms of like head to head mythical matchups, because of his size and 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 you know his um. Athleticism in terms of like his defensive prowess and stuff like that, and like he went in there with a guy who's never ever boxed in his entire life and got taken to the distance. Like it's fucking crazy. Um, yeah, now the, the the copy box stats do say that Tyson Fury landed more, so maybe he, I didn't I didn't personally like score it. Um, maybe I should go back and rewatch it, but I felt like. I thought Nganu took like six of the the rounds and including the knockdown, I thought that it was a pretty much open shut. He won the fight. Even in the rounds where he didn't land as much, his punches were so much more impactful and he was much more the aggressor. And the fact that Fury wasn't able to hurt him in any way whatsoever, and wasn't landing any big shots and, you know, Francis was landing mostly power shots. I thought Francis Ngannou beat him. Like in my book, I I think he's the lineal world champion of MMA and boxing right now. <laughs> like, it's fucking crazy. So, um, you know, this is a guy that he had, uh, he had a lot of issues from a business standpoint with, uh, with Dana White, and with the UFC. And, they basically painted a picture saying that he was difficult to work with. He was a prima donna. He was scared to fight the best fighters in the world. And he took his ball and went home. They, they treat him like Austin when he left the WWE, you know, they basically buried him on the way out and a bunch of, you know, I honestly, bro, there's a lot of really dumb MMA fans out there. They just eat up whatever the fuck Dana white and like the propaganda machine tells them. And they, they literally think that this guy, like, is one of the worst heavyweights in the world. When in fact, he's the scariest MMA heavyweight I've ever seen. Like he's fucking iced everybody. He he knocked out Kane. He knocked out Dos Santos. He knocked out Stipe. Like he's a, he knocked out Alistair Overeem. Like he's fucking scary. And then he dropped Tyson Fury. Um, I think he's a genius, you know, because there were certain things he wanted from the UFC, whether that was, you know, sponsorship deals for the fighters, uh, managerial representation to help vouch for them like better you know health care and pay and stuff like that you know i don't think that this is a guy that was scared at all i think that he knows his value and his worth and he wanted more pay-per-view points he wanted more money and he wanted a box he wanted to do outside uh you know prospects and they said no and he went and took this fight no one even thought he'd get the fight now he has the fight he made over 10 million dollars probably more than that but now now that he like quote-unquote one even though he lost there's a rematch on the table there's a fight with wilder on the table he he, i could see him getting at least one or two more boxing fights not to mention the avenue that's opened up with him working for pfl who just bought bellator by the way and there's a guarantee that anybody that fights him in mma is going to make at minimum two million dollars on pay-per-view you can't tell me that people don't want to see francis and ganu fight on pay-per-view now like This is the first time in since Pride Fighting Championship went under in two thousand what was that six two thousand seven. This is the first time that there is a true legitimate big time MMA draw that could probably draw on pay per view outside since like Fedor. Mm, Yeah, because I mean I don't really want to watch anybody in PFL or Bellator personally necessarily, but if. Francis Ngannou is going to go on pay per view and fight. I don't really know who would. I don't even care who it is. I'm gonna probably go watch it or pay to see it.
1: Yeah, he's uh, an incredible fighter to watch. Like you mentioned, super scary knockout power. They're mentioning you know they have the, the punching meter thing in the the UFC gyms, and he has like the high the the hardest punch that has hit that thing. And yeah, it seems like from all the pictures and reviews that yeah he probably should have won this Fury fight and. First time you have like a an O and O guy in boxing, no you know official boxing match or boxing experience, going in there with the world champion, knocking him on his butt, and looking like the the better man.
0: Yeah, and the UFC do look dumb here because they they didn't want him to box and get owned, and then make the brand look bad, but let's reverse it. What if they had let him go out there like Conor McGregor and fight this fight. And instead of Conor getting knocked out by Mayweather, like, you know, the, the, the UFC world champion went out there and had this fight. Like they would look like geniuses and he'd be a major, major, he'd be an even bigger star. Cause he'd still have the UFC platform behind him. And then could you imagine the money that would be on the table for a fight with him and John Jones, which is probably never going to happen. All right. And I am wondering, how this is going to affect john jones because that got the ego on that guy you know the 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 entire narrative has been well he left because he was scared but now everybody saw him just fucking son um tyson fury and there's people that are going to be like you know is john actually the best because tyson fury is a fucking man and i'm wondering if john jones is going to be like I want to fight that guy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he's the one that can help spark the deal and get Ngannou back in.
0: I don't know what they need to do, but like, yeah, Francis is a, is a genius at this point. And it's funny because I, I said that I thought he was doing the right thing at the time. A lot of MMA fans that I talked to, uh, kind of ridiculed me and made fun of me and basically said that the guy was scared. And I'm like, he's not scared. Look at him. Like he's a businessman. He's doing the best thing for him and his family and it's paying off and you know it it reminds me a little bit of what jake paul and those guys have done because jake paul's about to jump into mma he's been fighting all these mma fighters boxing now he's going to do mma and he's obviously going to lose but that avenue has been opened up for the cross promotion i could see some boxers wanting to jump into the cage with him you know and and then him go do boxing again and everything like that it's pretty
1: cool Alright, well that's it for the questions Now we'll uh, go on to recommended Match of the week, we've had a break The last few weeks, so we'll pick it back up Here, Uh, I'm gonna kick us off With the excursion match of the week Gonna go with uh, Will Ospreay versus Speedball Mike Bailey from Impacts Bound for Glory Have you seen that match yet? I have not, but I've seen some gifts, I know Dave Went what, five and a quarter Five and a half, something like that Uh, highest rated TNA uh, match in history now. Oh,
0: my God. Oh, yeah. yeah, I guess it is,
1: huh? (sighs) Um. Okay. Nah,
0: yeah. We should. Honestly, man, let's just both watch it. I'm almost like, I'm thinking we should even rethink the format of recommended match of the week, but, you know. I say we both just watch that match and then come back with our thoughts next week.
1: All right. Sounds good for that. So uh, we'll do that. Talk about that match next week. Um, that'll wrap things up for us here this week. Next week, we'll be back to review Power Struggle and cover all this news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So if you enjoyed today's show, please consider making a donation. Visit socialsuplex.com slash donate and click on the donate button under Keeping a Strong Style logo. Make sure you connect with us on social media on X, formerly known as Twitter. You can follow us at KI Strong Style. Follow me at Jeremy L. Donovan. Follow the network at Social Suplex on Facebook.com. Facebook.com slash Social Suplex on Instagram at Social Suplex on Reddit. I am the pro black guy. Just keeping the strong style. You can email me, Jeremy at Social Check out all the other shows that we have here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. One Nation Radio hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd All Things Elite hosted by Floyd Johnson Jr. and Austin Sumowitz Imps WWE Adventure With the implications Matthew Mere, And we've got some uh, new shows coming soon To the network Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating And review and we will catch you Next week on Keeping a Strong Style The Ace Of Podcasts. Hit your button